I am testing my audio. Ryan, test your audio. Test, 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 test. Welcome to Otaku Brothers, your friendly neighborhood gaming podcast featuring Rusty, R.E. Lewis 2011, and Ryan. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode seven of Otaku Brothers. My name is Rusty, and tonight I am joined with my forever co-host and brother-in-law, Ryan. How are you doing? Great. It's weird recording on a Thursday. We are recording on a Thursday. Where it's a little weird, so we, of course, released episode six a day early, and we're recording this, and I'm going to be releasing this late tonight, probably early Friday, because Lauren and I are going on vacation. Right now, we're actually recording this at my dad's place because we're kind of pet and house-sitting for him, so if you hear a... 95 pound pit bull or a five pound teacup Yorkie walking around in the background. Uh, I apologize in advance. Also, my dad has a crazy grandfather clock that goes off like every 15 minutes. So, be, Ryan, you playing footsies with me? Uh, yeah, my bad. Yeah. I thought that was the table. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we apologize for the, the grandfather clock that will be going on in the background. So, hopefully, it's not too distracting, but we got a fun episode tonight. As always, listeners coming in real strong with the crazy emails. Travis. Pipe down a little bit over there, you know, with his, uh, his wordy email. He, <laughs> yeah. he likes to talk a lot. I'm kidding. We love it. Great questions, great discussions ahead. We're going to kick it off with the games we've been playing recently, of course. We're going to get into the listener mail, and then we are going to do something a little bit different. We're going to talk about kind of our, like, fond summer memories, whether that be a particular family vacation where, you know, we brought our portable handhelds and got lost in Pokemon or some random, you know, handheld game or just summer binges, you know, it was too hot outside. We, we stayed inside with our buddies and just played games endlessly all day. So should be fun. A lot of good stuff kind of in the pipeline here. We think you'd enjoy it. And, uh, also stay tuned. We have a outstanding guest of esteemed YouTube fame <laughs> coming onto the podcast. He is someone I greatly admire in the YouTube gaming community and, um, more recently in the Twitch streaming space. So stay tuned for that. You've Should, been fangirling all week. All week. I've, I'm so pumped, man. I, mean, I just never thought this person would agree to even talk to us on a podcast, of, especially a podcast of mine when I've been listening to to him podcast and on YouTube for eight years. So yeah. super, super excited about that. Uh, so stay tuned for that. But He called me in tears. I was crying. <laughs> yeah. I was just like holding uh, my my little doll and just like freaking... Yeah. I was, I'm like, I'm in a meeting right now. But yeah. yeah, okay, yeah. Rusty. <laughs> Whatever you say. Um, but yeah, no, that's super exciting stuff. So stay tuned for that. Ryan, what have you been playing this week, man? Um, so I got back into Dark Souls Remastered. So I've made it, I don't know, maybe... A fourth of the way through, I'm at Quaylag, which is a Spider Woman thing. So by Spider Woman, it's not like Spider Man. Basically, like Shelob's sister. Yeah, with like a very pale woman, like torso up, attached to like Shelob. It's an ugly thing, and then it has like a fire sword. So I'm I'm enjoying that. It's a lot of fun, and then to actually relax because it's not the most relaxing game. I played Minecraft. Yeah. No, it's been fun too because, you know, since we are at my dad's, I'm playing on my dad's big screen TV and then Ryan is kind of like sitting on the floor. He has his, his TV, um, kind of, oh, you see, you see little jingle jangles over there. That, that's grim. <laughs> yeah. Come on, man. That's grim doing? dancing over there. But, yeah. um, and then Ryan has his, his like, you know, flat screen TV right next to me. So while I'm playing the games that I was playing, I'll get to that in a second. He's raging at Dark Souls. So it's been fun to kind of yeah. play shoulder to shoulder this week, but 
I've only rage quit once. Yeah, no, you've been doing good. I mean, especially the gaping dragon. You slayed that. Yeah, I did. Yeah, it was good. I went exploring a lot, so I, I fell into some holes that I couldn't get out of. and Got some sweet new got armor. some really cool armor and yeah. some late game stuff, and then beat that pretty easily. Good deal. So, yeah. yeah, so this week's been kind of weird for me. Uh, again, I have like these weird fits as when it comes to gaming. I just have weeks where I just don't really want to play anything. I kind of want to veg out with something super mindless. And so something that I, <laughs> against my better judgment, downloaded because of my wife and my brother-in-law over here, a game called amazing. Peggle 2. So <laughs> I never played Peggle when it originally came out on the Xbox 360, okay? And I really had no idea what it was. I knew it was some popular puzzle game. What I did not know was that I was going to have one of the best gaming experiences from these, you know, little arcade games of my life. It's seriously one of the most bizarre games. So basically Peggle, you know, if you've never played it before, imagine a Plinko board. So you, you kind of have this cannon at the top of the screen and you shoot these like little silver balls. Um, and there's all these like little pegs kind of strategically and creatively placed on a particular level. Okay. And your goal, there's blue and red pegs, and you want to kind of clear and hit all of the red pegs. What's so interesting, though, is that there's different characters on the side of the screen. And so Bjorn, the the unicorn, is kind of like the, <laughs> the signature mascot of the Peggle series, apparently. And so each, each character that you end up playing as have these kind of unique special abilities, okay? So when you hit, like, a green peg, there's, like, usually two um, kind of placed on a particular level, then you kind of unlock that per- that person's special ability for one turn or whatever. And um, what's so interesting and so fun and just, you know, we were like, because Lauren was in the background when I downloaded it and so was Ryan watching me. We were like literally jumping for joy, cheering, like freaking the heck out because <laughs> sometimes you hit a peg and it like bounces off and does all these like wickedly crazy, you know, bounce off the wall, bounces off one peg. And there's like this, this thing scrolling across the bottom, okay? It's like this little bucket. And if you land in the bucket, you get a free ball. So for each level, you have you have 10 little silver balls to try and you know knock out all these different pegs. But if you land in the, the little bucket, you get a free ball. So when you kind of bounce off the wall in like over 20 different pegs, and then you land on the free ball, it's just like, oh my gosh, I did it! <laughs> and then when you hit the last red peg, it kind of like matrix slow motion, and it like zooms into the screen, and when you hit it, and if you're playing as Bjorn the Unicorn, it's like, and like this crazy epic in- angelic music starts playing, and then you can get a chance to like get like extra bonus points if you fall down a particular hole. It's it's so bizarre. It's wacky fun, and I've been having the time of my life playing it this weekend. Unexpecting, or you, if you're not expecting the like <laughs> concerto at the end, yeah, which <laughs> like, I which I definitely was not. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, if your volume's up, it's just, you're like, I, I just conquered the world. Yeah. Like, this is great. Yeah, it's it was so fun. And um, I, it was, I think it was even better that you two were there. And we were just, yeah. like, watching this crazy. Well, your internet was slower than we expected. So it went from, like, a uh, five-minute download to, like, an hour and a half later. Yeah, so Lauren was, like, literally half falling asleep. Because at that point, it was, like, 11 o'clock or something, 8.10.30 or something yeah, like that. way and past what we're used yeah. to, like, the 8.30 bedtime. Yeah, so <laughs> it, was, yeah, it was just really fun. So playing that, a game I talked about a couple weeks ago was Jack and Daxter, the Precursor Legacy, of course, PlayStation 2 Classic. Um, I downloaded it on the PS4 a couple weeks back. And uh, I'd actually gotten to the final area. I think I did mention that on the podcast. And and this week, I kind of I 
plunged through that and I got to the final boss and Ryan can attest, I was kind of raging a few times. It's a brutally challenging boss. When I played it originally on the PS2, um, I did not beat him, but I finally did. And it's, it was so weird. Like, you know, there's like, of course, multiple stages of the boss. And once you get to the last stage, I, I had no idea what I needed to do, but I really just had to collect this like little cloud thing that he was kind of like shooting out. It was, it was a lot simpler than I thought it was, but in any case, I beat the game. I want to eventually platinum in. I've currently collected 90% of the collectibles, and me and my 3D platforming, I always have to... I think now it's just a given. After ukulele, I'm just like in this mindset that any 3D platformer I play, I need to just 100% yeah, I'm going to ruin the experience and collect everything exactly. by looking it up on the internet. Precisely. And then by the end of it, I'm going <laughs> to like, I hate, hate game. this game and I never want to look at it again. Yeah. Although this week, I, while I've been working, I've been actually listening to the ukulele soundtrack, and it's... It's beautiful. I actually like it. So I came home and you're taking a nap. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. No, it's um, it's not as uh, as good as Banjo Kazooie. Nothing is going to compare to you know Grant Kirkhope's '90s you know com- com- compositions of those N64 classics. But I think he did do an admirable job. You know, whatever it was, 20 years later, creating ukulele soundtracks. So check that out on YouTube. Um, a lot of the soundtracks, along a lot of the songs, have a striking resemblance to. Um, some of the Banjo-Kazooie songs. But Jack and Daxter, fun. Looking forward to kind of going through and kind of collecting the rest of the precursor orbs and uh, power cells and stuff like that. But the next two games that I really want to focus my time on... um, He has two more games that he's beaten this week. Yeah, so, you know, I stay up late. Pete, you know, it's I I keep bringing him up on the podcast, but it's it's totally his fault. So um, I'm sorry. My my wife, you know, she hates me. I haven't haven't spoken to her in like weeks because... (laughs) Pete Dory, he's, he's just speed running and you know all that good stuff. So yeah, uh, you know I feel bad for her, but uh, you know Pete. It's right, it's, it's really entertaining. Like after you're like staying up late playing video games, yeah, and then I'm like, hey Lauren, it's it's four thirty. You need to get up, and then you just spring up. Hey, hey, oh, and yeah. then you just fall asleep. <laughs> yeah, you came that in was this morning because every morning you come in and you're just like this glowing figure just staring up in, in, in front of our bed and i'm just like what's going on i think this morning i was like brother what's up man yeah, I was or like, something like that wow how late were you up to be that excited yeah this is, go back to bed man <laughs> i literally sprung up and was <laughs> you like did. Brother. i was like oh okay uh and then lauren comes out yeah and then i just like literally just you just head hit, the hit the pillow and was just out yeah. slept for like nine more hours but um in any <laughs> case so a game on the playstation 4 that i remember watching the original reveal trailer and it had you know when you watch jurassic park and there's that scene when the kids are kind of in the kitchen area and there's those velociraptors kind of chasing them and and they're like you know trying to hide behind different things that's why i have trauma going into kitchens yeah yeah we do um but there's this there was like the trailer reveal scene for this particular game had a very similar vibe to that and so this is the order 1886 and this is a game that was really critically panned, and I think even the public was not overly fond of it. And one of the biggest complaints, I think, was that the game was too short. And so for me, um, I kind of enjoy shorter experiences. I don't like games that overstay their welcome, particularly third-person like action shooter games, like the God of War-type experiences. And funny enough, this game was actually created by um, Santa, Monica. Santa Monica, and then the one that created the portable God of War game, uh, Ready at Dawn. So they created the Ghost of Sparta, Sparta portable God of War games in the yeah. PSP. Okay. And so going into this game, I didn't have high expectations because it was so critically panned. Um, but basically, you know, you start out in like this really almost, I don't want to say steampunk, but it's 
I guess the best way I can sum it up without going into the de- details is it's Gears of War meets Van Helsing. Yeah. Okay. So so you're basically these um, kind of covert group of, of people basically called knights, okay? And there's this almost Jack the Ripper type stuff going on in the city that is not really being well explained. There's like a series of, of bodies that have just been completely ripped to shreds and the knights kind of work together to kind of slay these things called half-breeds, okay, which are basically um, lichens. So if you've seen Van Helsing, they're basically werewolves. So you start off the game, it opens up, you're playing as Sir Galahad, and he's being tortured, and you don't know why, but he's actually, you find out, being tortured by his own men. So he escapes, and he's running across this bridge, and I'm not spoiling, this is like literally the first five minutes of the game, and if you haven't played at this point, you know, you probably weren't that interested, but I hope I can sell it here talking about it. But anyways... So Sir Galahad, he runs out in the bridge, and the, <laughs> by the first five minutes, we mean like half the game because it's short. <laughs> no, you know, okay, I'll get to that in a second. It's actually not as short as people think it is. So, um, you know, he's he's on the middle of the bridge, and both sides um, have people on the ends of them, basically saying like, "What are you doing? You know, you're you're basically you can't go anywhere else." And so he just jumps off the bridge, hits the water, and then the title theme says "The Order 1886." So, of course, the game backtracks, and you play up to that moment. It's very Uncharted-like, because a lot of the Uncharted games, you start out yeah. you know, in Chapter 12 or 14 in the game, and then you end up making your way to that point. Yeah. So it's very similar in that sense. Um, so basically, the city you know, in the beginning of the game is in turmoil because there are like a number of those attacks. Um, and so basically, there's two kind of facets of, an, of enemies. There's the Lycans, the half-breeds, but then there's also kind of this, these rebels that are kind of trying to overthrow the government because they don't agree with like the politics that are currently going on. Um, what's really interesting about this game though, is that, and I think this is also maybe why some of the people kind of critically, um, didn't like it was that I just feel like there's like a lot of mechanics in the game that aren't fully realized. Like there's this one where, um, you kind of communicate with these giant like blimps because they have visibility to the entire city. Okay. okay. And so when you're doing particular missions, you kind of radio into them certain things and they tell you where to go, whatever. And you use the, you know, the touchpad on the front of the PlayStation 4 controller. Yeah. It has, like, touch functionality. You basically have to, like, touch it, like, press into it and hold it for, like, a certain amount of seconds to um, Morse code to that, to the the blimp. It's interesting. But you only do it, like, once in the game, which is weird. And then I love lock-picking mechanics in games, especially, like, Skyrim and Oblivion. Yeah. I could literally play, like, an entire game with the Skyrim and Oblivion lock-pick mechanics, okay? Yeah. And there's a lockpick mechanic in this game, but again, you, it only you only use it like two or three times, and it just seems odd that a game would incorporate these things but never really use them. Um, and I, so I feel like, in that sense, it was kind of. Um, Did it feel like it had more story to tell that that was just kind of they threw it in and yeah, then it and got s- cut short? I think then- so. I think this game might have like run into a budget issue, or people were just hounding them to get the game out. I mean, graphically, it's absolutely stunning. I think it's one of the best games that showcases the power of the PS4, even though it came out right along, um, you know, the PS4's launch. I mean, similar to, the, you know, the most recent God of War, it's seamless transitions between cutscenes and in-game gameplay. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you know, in God yeah. of War, you'll be in a cutscene and then it kind of like pans over his shoulder. It's very much like that. And then you just go. Okay. What I think works so well with this game is the the cover shooting mechanic. So... Think God of War, or not God of War, Gears of War, you know, that yeah. that cover shooting 
Um, you like have these crazy shootouts, and and I think that's incredibly satisfying. It works very well. Yeah, like the Lego Star Wars too. <laughs> yeah, I'll talk about that next because I'll probably play that more. But that was weird that Lego Star Wars Force Awakens had a cover cover shooting mechanic. Um, yeah, it was intense for. Yeah, yeah, it was. You used to just run and gun um, with those things. But I do feel like the story is interesting. What what kind of disappoints me though is that you have all these characters and. You know, they're in this setting, all this stuff is going on, but you don't really understand their motivations prior to that, where they came from, or really their backstories. They kind of just have all this baggage that's just there, but you don't understand where it came from, and that's never really explained. And I think that's also something that they could have done better, and I hope that there's another game, because it certainly ends in, in such a way that there could be a sequel. Yeah. Um, like, for instance, so they drink these like little elixirs, okay, whenever they get shot or they get hurt. And then their body just heals, like Wolverine. Like, someone could get shot in the chest. They drink this elixir that they have around their neck, and then automatically it just starts patching itself. But that's never explained in the game. They just have these weird elixirs. Yeah, I mean, Bloodborne, you literally, like, IV yourself with blood. Yeah, so it's 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 a great game, and I think one of the... I should, I should backtrack. So there was an E3 sale, which is why I bought these games. So Peggle was, like, $2.00. And the order was Best like investment. The order was like three dollars and seventy four cents. And that's oddly specific, but yeah. Yeah. So I was just like, I'm definitely going to get that. And so, you know, the game ends, and the ending was tremendously unsatisfying. Like, really, like really selling this game. <laughs> well, I know. Like, I I want people to play it because I think it's worth. It's certainly worth playing. The cover mechanics are great. Graphically, looks awesome. If you love, I mean, I think if Van Helsing Gears of War sounds interesting, you should definitely play it. Um, Especially because the guns are unique in the sense that um, you're not just using like rifles and pistols. There's one gun, and, and I'll move on to the next game after this, but there's one gun where you shoot this kind of condensed ball of fire and it kind of just floats in front of the enemy. And then you like toggle something on your gun and you shoot again and you shoot like this compressed natural gas. And so that that goes towards the enemy and then they just combust in flames because Ooh. the two like obviously. Yeah. and you know create that flame and so they're just like clearly on fire like freaking out so there's a lot of guns like that there's like That's this cool. this electricity gun that you shoot and they like it just like stuns them and zaps them. i mean really some just unique stuff here i think santa monica studios really created something special here i hope that they can kind of grow from that i mean certainly the first god of war wasn't great i mean mm -hmm. it's it was a fun game it was good but certainly the new god of war has clearly yeah you know definitely improved improved on that so i hope they can do that with the order 1889 or 1887 i don't even know what the heck they would call it but um but certainly a lot of potential there and, and i and i hope they can kind of um you know build on that but the next game i want to talk about is something so bizarre so weird quite possibly the weirdest game i've ever played it's called sir eats a lot on the playstation vita so this game came out in april of this year you know, Sony recently announced that they would be no longer um, producing Vita, whether it was physical hardware or, or software or actual hardware system. But this game um, I got from PlayAsia. You can get a collector's edition. Only three cop, three thousand copies have been made um, worldwide. So definitely, if you're if this ends up sounding interesting to you and you enjoy that physical media aspect of of collecting video games, definitely go to. Uh, play Asia, you can get it for $35 free shipping. But in any case, so this game is a 2D, beautifully hand-drawn animation, 2D plat side-scrolling platformer where you play as this port portly little knight named Sir Eats-A-Lot, 
And basically this weirdo witch lady that has a crazy resemblance to Yzma from Emperor's New Groove. Yeah, she really did. She totally looks exactly like her. And so she basically taints or poisons the the kingdom's water with sour lemonade. I don't know. That's the worst. I don't know if that's like a euphemism for pee. No, it's just if she didn't have enough sugar, and that's an evil thing to do, especially if you're doing a lemonade stand, like on the side of the road. Yeah. You pay 25 cents to a kid, and it's just poorly made. Yeah, exactly. They didn't get a permit, <laughs> so technically they're not allowed to do it. Yeah, they, so so this game is 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 one. really unique in the sense that um, it was really de- only developed by like 10 to 12 people, and it looks stunning. I mean, the hand-drawn animations here are some of the best I've seen on the Vita, certainly, and and really, and I would even go as far as to say as a 2D platformer. Really beautiful stuff. And so basically, it plays as this little this little character walks side to side on this screen. He has a little shield and a sword striking like rats and other enemies that you come across. And you're basically trying to eventually get to this witch that has, of course, tainted the the water supply in the, uh, the town. Uh, but what's insane about this game is that I think the first, like the launch Vita games made great use of the touchscreen functionality. And so for those of you that don't know, the Vita was the successor to the PlayStation Portable, okay? And it's a little bit bigger, great resolution screen. It has powerhouse. It has two joysticks. I mean, it really looks like a a portable PlayStation 4 almost, okay? Um, And what's really interesting is that not only does it have a touchscreen on the front, but it has rear touch functionality as well. Very few games after the launch titles actually utilized that functionality. Yeah. This game does, and I kid you not, let me, I wrote this down, I want to make sure that I get it right. Um, (laughs) There's a trophy that you unlock, because there's a point in the game where, in the beginning, there's a bridge that you have to basically have come down, so you can walk across it. Yeah. Okay? You have to activate it, essentially. And you have to use the back, the back, the rear uh, touch functionality. And once you do, you literally unlock a trophy that says, I quote, yes, we use the rear touch or the rear touch screen. <laughs> and it was just like, I feel like the developers had so much fun making this game because they were partly just making fun of the Vita system and maybe Sony in general for not investing in this console as they should have. Yeah. Um, and they just had so much fun developing this game. But and then there's he's, like 12 of them, right? Or whatever, like that short list in the. What do you mean? Because you showed me that uh, packet of the designers and like the developers, oh, yeah. and it was just like twelve. Yeah, it's like twelve right? different people, and it was funny because I posted on Twitter that I'd gotten the game, mm-hmm. and the the development team reached out to me on Twitter really? and was based, yeah, and basically was saying like, I hope you enjoy the you know the game. Let us know what you think because I told them that I was going to be talking about it on the podcast. So hopefully they listen. They were super kind on Twitter, so it was it was nice. I think it's so cool that we live in a world where. You know, you can post something like that, and the development team reaches out to you. I mean, similar to I posted that I got the the vinyl soundtracks for Banjo Kazooie and Perfect Dark, and Grant Kirkhope, the literal composer for those games, <laughs> reached out to me, and him and I were having a conversation. That was another crying phone call. Yeah, I was like literally <laughs> freaking the heck out. But uh, so a couple other things about this game to kind of hopefully sell to people: the writing is absolutely brilliant. It's so clever, so funny. It really is so carefully um, written. The dialogue between the Yzma lady and her little henchmen, she just like rips them apart and is so verbally abusive to them. But even the knight, as he's traversing the world and talks to all these different NPCs, you run into like a raccoon. You literally run into, because um, as the name would imply, it's very centered around food. So you, there's one area of the game called Broccoli Grove, and there's literally a broccoli stag. So a broccoli for fl- 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 Is that how you 
you know more than me about florets. No, I'm saying like a bro- or like a broccoli stem with a head. It's like a broccoli floret, right? Sure, I'm gonna say yes on that one. Yeah, but basically it's sh- it's that, but it's shaped like a stag, like Google a deer. So it's it's so weird, but the music is really charming and pleasant. Basically, um, you know, you're traversing these worlds and. There's like bear traps and stuff like that. You're pl- you're kind of jumping from one like little mountaintop to the other. Um, you know, platforming is you know pretty standard fare for for two D or two D side scrolling game. Um, but what really sets this game apart, I think, is that there's background and foreground interaction. So you'll have like little donut plants in the background that you can click on, and you can basically eat them. And when you click on it, he literally starts munching. Like you hear him like. <laughs> You know, there's... I wonder which one of the developers recorded himself eating. Well, then there's also, like, little plants that have, like, subs, like, as their stems. Like, literal, like, subs. And you click on that. That's there's like hilarious. There's, like, cookie plants and stuff like that. It's, it's just... The world is so, so cleverly made. And I just think it's, it's so awesome that the developers were able to create something like this. And one of the other things is there's, like, all these, like, little woodland creatures running around in the background. Mm. And so if you click on them... I don't know if you ever played. I don't think you played Mario Party Two, but no. one of my favorite mini games in it was Crazy Cutters. So it was like this mini game where they'll they'll throw up a picture of Boo or a Bomb or a Goomba, and you basically are on this like little drill thing, and you basically have to trace it, and you kind of compete with, um, you know, everyone else, and you have to do whoever traces it quick most quickly or oh no I've I've seen that the yeah. best gets the best score or whatever. So you do that with shapes and some of the newer ones, right? Yeah, exactly, and so. Basically, the mechanic in this game is you click on these little woodland creatures and it brings up the like the outline of that character and uh-huh. you quickly draw them before the time runs out and then you add them to your sticker book. Oh. And so you kind of create you kind of keep this like little journal as you kind of go through the world and you have like a sticker book of all of the different animals that you come across. And they're really unique. They're not like just squirrels and broccoli deer. Broccoli deer. But yeah, exactly. They're more like, you know, broccoli deer and like weirdo things that you would not they're not normal animals, essentially. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think I almost hit a broccoli deer with my car this morning. So <laughs> yeah. So I've doing you know, the headlights. That's <laughs> what they get you. <laughs> they do, man. Yeah. Um, especially broccoli deer. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Cerneus if, too. Oh my gosh! There it is. There's the cross, <laughs> there's the pole vaulting That's over the, the joke line. Deer um, Bambi. <laughs> but yeah. So if you enjoy 2D platformers, especially hand-drawn animation type stuff, I'd say this game is definitely worth a, worth a play. If you have a Vita, you can download it off PSN for eleven ninety nine. But again, the the collector's edition from Play Asia is so worth it. You get a beautifully um, made art book that really goes through the original sketches of all the different characters and stuff like that, um, how they mapped out certain items and all that all that great stuff. Great soundtrack. Um, like I said, the music is very pleasant and charming from area to area. You get a soundtrack of the game, and then you get like a little um, kind of collector's card of the game. So very much worth it if you like 2D platformers. Um, what else did I want to say about this game? That was really it. I mean, I just think it's it's so neat that in 2018, not only am I getting new Vita games, but one of them is called Sarit's a lot. So yeah. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's a good time and definitely well worth the investment. So check it out. Yeah. All right, so now we are going to get into listener questions. We got some reoccurring writers this time and some new faces as well. So first up, my buddy Sean, someone I actually work with, said, Hey, Rusty and Ryan, really digging the podcast so far. It's really easy to listen to and has inspired me to get into some games that I either haven't heard of or just haven't played. Just recently bought Perfect Dark, and I'm interested in ukulele and Bloodborne. Awesome to hear. 
Let me know, Sean, what you think of Perfect Dark. I'm, I'm actually genuinely curious. So he says, anyway, I wanted to ask, how do you guys feel about board games? Do you have any favorites that you've played over the years? I did not play many board games growing up, but more got into them in college. I'm especially fond of group or party games that you can play with groups of five or six friends. I want to share a few of my favorites with you guys. So I think this is interesting because me personally, and I think I can speak for Ryan too, we're not huge board game players. You know, we play the the Lifes and the Scrabbles and then some of the the more adult games like... Uh, yeah, they're more card games yeah. than they are board games. Yeah, what's... Uh, what do you meme is one of them and they're basically memes cards that you quote. Cards Against Humanity. And of course, Cards Against Humanity. So uh, things like that. But he goes on. I think this one's a, a pretty popular one. I've definitely heard of this one. He says, The Settlers of Catan. Oh boy, I'm sure you've heard of this game if you haven't played it. The game has so much depth to it. Easy to pick up, but hard to master. For those who aren't familiar with it, The Settlers of Catan is a game where the goal is to grow and expand your settlement through the acquisition or trading of resources. Different resources allow you to create different uh, items in order to continue to expand your settlement. The first person to reach 10 points, different settlement options and specialty cards have different point assignments, wins the game. There are elements um, of competitive and cooperative play, and games can last for hours. I've played this game mainly with friends during college, but have gotten my family into it as well, and have continued to play it with different groups of people post-college. I find that I follow a different strategy every time I play, and so far I haven't gotten bored with it. Uh, there are several editions beyond the base game, but I personally have not purchased or played any of the other editions. So, Settlers of Catan, I know so many people that play it, both friends and people in the, the YouTube gaming community and even on Twitter. Um, I know Craig from TV and Lust plays it quite a bit as well, but um, have you ever played Settlers? No, I have not. Yeah, I haven't. I mean, it I've, sounds interesting, but... yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I have not. Sounds like an intense little house in the prairie. <laughs> yes, precisely. <laughs> um, he so he talks about three games here. So the next one he goes on is is Code Names. This is a really great party game. The game involves two separate teams, a red team and a blue team. To set up the game, twenty five different code words are randomly laid out in a five by five grid. The spy masters of each team, one person from each, will randomly select a grid, red or blue team, neutral code words. Grim, shaking and dancing over there. And one code word will be the assassin card, which should avoid being guessed at all costs as guessing this code uh, code word ends the game. It's like hitting the eight ball early in pool. Okay, that's fair. that makes sense. Hmm. He says the goal is to guess your team's code words before the other team guesses theirs. However, only the spy masters can see which words need to be guessed by each team. The spy masters will provide a hint, clue word, as well as how many code words they they want their team to guess. For example, if two of the 25 code words are car and bike and are on the blue team's grid map, the blue team spy master might provide the hint of tire for, for, oh, tire for two to allow his or her team the best chance of guessing these specific um, code words. So in practice, this easy of an example would likely not be seen as the game is intended to make it difficult to link the code words to the same hint or clue word. This game is a ton of fun, and rounds don't take long at all, 15 to 30 minutes. It's also fun to alternate the spy masters between all the team members for separate rounds. Great for any group of people, um, and really easy to pick up and learn quickly. That's interesting. That's so bizarre, but it sounds sounds fun. Yeah, it sounds um, like an interesting time. Yeah, good stuff, good stuff. Especially so, depending on like each spy master's kind of take on it. Yeah, yeah. How clever they are at linking things. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. That's it's cool. Um, so the last one, and before I get into that, I just want to say my my wife's an all star. So I was like super tired before we recorded <laughs> the podcast. Just just so you guys know, it's it's nine p.m. right here where, where we are, and she brought me a monster. So 
I love I love the listeners so much that we are recording this tonight. I'm going to edit it. And then I hope my job loves me because I'm actually going to push through some work tonight too. Probably not sleep, but... Uh, and she didn't come into the house. She texted you while we were going through the games we played last week. Yeah, and she's like, we hey, said we were done. Hey, honey, is, is it okay if, if I come in the house now? And then she goes upstairs and she texts me while we, while we started talking about questions. She's like, is it okay if I take a shower? Is it going to make too much noise? <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's an all-star. She really is. Um, yeah, she's all right. Find a lady that uh, asks about, you know, if she's going to make too much noise during a, your podcast scheduling. She, uh, she's a keeper. In any case... The, the number three game that he talks about is Bang. He says, mm. this may be my favorite of the recent board games I've played. The game reminds me of the in-person party game Mafia or Werewolf, if you are yes. at all familiar. I played, I played Mafia. Yes. Is I Werewolf, played, have you played that? No, I've played Mafia. Okay, Mafia is fun. I assume Werewolf just involves werewolves. Probably. And it's kind of like Mafia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he says, in Bang, players are assigned one of four roles, a sheriff, deputy, outlaw, or renegade. Each of these roles has separate goals or interests. The sheriff and deputies want to kill all outlaws, and the renegade, oh, in the renegade, the outlaws want the sheriff dead, and the renegade wants to be the last man standing with the sheriff being his or her last kill. What makes the role, role assignments interesting is that the role card is that role cards are randomly assigned, but whoever receives the sheriff card has to flip his or her card so that everyone knows who the sheriff is. In addition to being assigned um, separate roles, each player will be assigned a unique character which provides different special abilities and health amounts. During your turn, you will draw two action cards, play as many action cards as desired, then summon Exodia. I'm kidding. I just <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Sean. I had to add. <laughs> and then you win. You're like, are you listening? You're like, they need some Exodia. Wow, things just got real in this game. I had to, I had to catch the <laughs> listeners off guard because I'm sure people are like, you know, if they're driving to work, their like eyes are starting to close. They're like, you know, driving off the side, and then they're like, Exodia, whoa, man! <laughs> yeah, it generally wakes me up <laughs> in most situations. All right, he goes on. He says, during your turn, you will draw two action cards, play as many actions cards as desired, and discard any remaining cards in excess of your player's total remaining health. There's summon a, a trap card. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Uh, we're, soul trap. We're having too much fun here. There, <laughs> it's the worst. There is a wide variety of action cards which makes for interesting and varying gameplay scenarios. The game can be played with four to seven players, which also changes the gameplay dynamics, i.e., having no deputies and having less outlaws when playing with uh, smaller groups and parties. I've never been bored by playing this game, and it always introduces some friendly or not so friendly competition. So he goes on and he says um, at the end, first of all, bang, that sounds interesting. I love the comparison to Mafia. Mm-hmm. That sounds really interesting. That's, out of all yeah. of those three, I think you sold Mafia me on Mafia was a popular game. Like we went on swimming trips, or I guess tournaments, or whatever. Swim they're. meets. Swim meets. Yeah. Yeah. You know words, things. I'm and here stuff. to back you up. It's nine o'clock. It's yeah. It's late. It's like three hours past Ryan's bedtime. Yeah. <laughs> kind of. So you, I mean, we'd play that in the back of the bus. Like, oh really? On the on the way to colleges and things. That's cool. Yeah. That'd be fun. Um. So he kind of closes the email. He says. If you have any board games that you've played over the years and still enjoy to this day, or any new board games that you're currently obsessed with, please let me know. I'm trying to grow my collection. Thanks, guys, and great job with the podcast. Thanks so much, Sean, for writing in. I really appreciate it, especially really kind of digging into the details of these these games and, and hopefully selling them to people. Um, one card game I really want to get into 
Um, you know, Sean, speaking of Bloodborne, if you do end up playing it and enjoying it, there's a Bloodborne card game. That's what and you're I, saying. And I've actually heard really good things about it. So um, I definitely would like to check that out. We should definitely yeah. play that. would be fun. Be an interesting Friday night. Yeah. Yeah. It would be intense. Um, but uh, yeah, good stuff, Sean. Thank you. So next person that writes in, uh, fellow, actually not fellow because I'm not a fan of this team. They actually, they suck, Alec. The Miami Dolphins. Get out of here with that. Um, laces out. But anyways... Alec writes in, a friend from high school that I probably haven't talked to for like seven years, but tunes into the ep- or tunes into the podcast every week. So brother, thanks for listening. He says, what up guys? Hope all is well. My question to you is that, is there a genre of games you wish you were good at, but you're not? Mine is fighting games. I've always wanted to be good at fighting games, but can never really get the skill those games require. And so for me, I, I would agree with, with Alec here that I've never really got into fighting games aside from Smash Brothers. Um, the one fighting game that I, I did really enjoy, and I would actually toot my own horn that I was actually pretty good at it, was Tekken Tag Tournament um, for the PlayStation 2. Excellent arcade um, <clears throat> fighting game that I just absolutely adore. The characters, I'm actually a huge Tekken fan. Um, I played it quite a bit in the arcade with one of my buddies. Um, I'll get into that later during our summer our summer discussion. Um, but uh, what are you sending me here? Do we want to... Oh, do we want to go over board games that we play? We did in the beginning. Okay. Yeah, we said, because uh, I, I, I didn't have any others then. Um, oh, I have a list. Well, dude, brother, why didn't you bring it? <laughs> yeah. Why didn't you tell me? I thought me? we were doing that after we got through board games. Oh, I'm sorry. Sean, I'm sorry, man. I mean, yeah. Ryan apparently had a I bunch of games. I have board games. Alec, we're putting your question on pause. Back up. Pump the brakes. Going in reverse. Ryan, what are board games you talking about, brother? Okay, so I am pretty good at backgammon. So is Lauren. What is it? Your grandpa? She, he yeah. was like a master. So it's like one of the oldest board games out there. It's like an ancient Middle Eastern game. Um, we actually were Armenian. So we went on an Armenian cruise back in the day and we were entered in like a tournament yeah. where we would uh, we played backgammon with a bunch of old guys. But yeah, it's a lot of fun. Strategic. Um, worth checking out. It's kind of... I don't know. It's, it goes along the same lines of like chess and checkers. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a different take on it. Um, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, and then checkers, I, I was the fourth grade wow. checkers champion. Yeah, you were. Which makes me kind of a big deal. Uh, yeah, it does. Yeah. So we had um, two classes that were kind of combined. Mm-hmm. And the teachers would kind of like co-teach these things. And there was this other kid. Mitchell, and I don't want to say his last name, yeah, but fair. yeah, we were like the best checkers kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they like put us in a corner because we're the checkers kids, but we would like battle it out and yeah. we had like these giant like tournaments of checkers. That's pretty awesome. And I was victorious. Yeah, you were. Do you have, like, that, a tr- do you have like a trophy to kind of commemorate that? No, my self-esteem grew higher. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah. That is the only Based trophy. Based off of checkers. Yeah, that's the best kind of trophy. Yeah. Sure. And then uh, Scrabble. I like Scrabble, but um, I suck at spelling because of Hooked on Phonics. Okay. Because it's like, oh, sound it out. Yeah. Like, okay, well, is it an F or a bunch of PHs? Yeah. You just put PHs everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So Scrabble's a lot of fun, though. Um, Oh, okay. I'm so glad you brought us back to this question because I actually have a, a great story. So keep going, though. I, I'm glad you brought this back, back back to this. No, all I have is games that I wish I were good at now. So go ahead with Do you want to rattle story. those off? Yeah, I wish I was better at chess. 
Oh, me too. Lauren, yeah. I'm going to teach her. We want to get a, a wizard's chest set, like a really nice Harry Potter. Yeah, they're gl- like $300. Yeah, like though. a glass piece set eventually. Maybe like I do f- too, but I want to learn how to play. Yeah. I just, I, I can't think. I've watched so many videos on chess. Like, there was this guy, He um, he's like the best in the world now. He's like t- mid-20s, he's a grandmaster, and he was battling out like 20 different people. Really? Turned around. Wow. And memorizing all the boards. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe I should just drop trying to learn chess. Yeah, I mean, I'm not like a savant when it comes to chess, but I, I definitely enjoy the game and I, I do know how to play, but I'm in no way yeah. proficient in, in the game of chess <laughs> yeah. by any stretch of the imagination. Then Rubik's Cube, I want to eventually. Oh, so yeah. I, so you, Will Smith, you, he can do it in like seconds. Yeah, the problem is like all the algorithms, so you do one side and then you do it by layers. And then you eventually get to the bottom and then complete it. And I can usually just do the top and the top two layers. And then I just completely forget the actual combinations. Mm-hmm. But that would be a cool one. And then I, I'm not really good at memory games. Not that I really want to be good at memory games, but I want my memory to be better. So you're saying you want to become a world champions um, bop it player. <sighs> that, that bop it is so frustrating to me. Bop it. Because <laughs> I get so excited. I'm like, I suck at this so bad. My that dad, enthusiasm. we had Bop It Extreme. So there was like... There Twisted. Was, screw it. Yeah, like, there was like four four like notches. And then, of course, the, the middle button. Mm-hmm. My dad was like world-class champion at Bop It Extreme. Like the guy... Put that on a resume. For sure. Like top of the line. <laughs> like You know, like I have like Rusty Lewis CPA. He needs yeah. to do like... Because I'm a junior. My dad needs to do, like, Rusty Lewis, comma, bop it extreme you know, player. You know, they tell you in college to be, like, unique on how you do it. And they yeah. tell, like, a story, like, you mail a company a shoe. And you're like, oh, now that I got a shoe in the door, why don't I walk in and give you the other one or whatever? Yeah. Like, to get an interview. It's like, all you have to do is mail in a bop it with your resume. That's what I'm saying. And just do your combination, like. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um where the heck were we going with that? You want memory be, games, memory games, Simon, think, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, th- that, yeah, your list. That, that's my list. Good deal. So, I want to just talk about a quick, you know, story. It kind of ties into like our our summer memories, but since it relates specifically to board games, I kind of want to talk about it now. So, okay, you know, back in 2010 when the World Cup was going on, um, my three really close childhood friends, Nick, Ryan, and Scott, we um. We would sit down in Nick's basement, watch World Cup games, and play one of three games. We'd either play Payday, Scrabble, or Apples to Apples. Payday is what? Because that's also an app about a farm. So, no, it's not that. So, Payday is like, it's a calendar, like a month calendar. And you basically, on certain days, it's like a, you get paid, you, you have like a profession. It's, it's basically like life on speed. Is how mm. I'd basically explain Generally it. Generally get arrested for doing that, but Yeah, but this is like no yeah, criminal laws doesn't apply. It's like um the purge, you know. Oh, okay. But like a month long purge. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> okay. I'm, <laughs> I'm so off base with this description. Wow. But um you know what I mean though, like the purge, the movie that's like yeah, one day no, no, I'm like, no yeah. criminal law applies. We're so definitely. everyone's dead by the end. <laughs> Pretty much. We're just like, yeah. This is one um, guy with a machete. But so let me paint the scene here. So we'd have like my buddy's giant screen Jumbotron TV. And at the time, so this was 2010, but he's had this TV like 2005 on. His remote was like a touchscreen 
crazy looking device. I mean, this was like something from like the Jetsons. Okay. Yeah. This TV. And, uh, so that was amazing in and of itself. Uh-huh. Um, but he had this giant TV, this really comfortable sofa. And then his dad would hook us up with the two bite chocolate brownies. Mike sells potato chips, the Capri Sun Sports, and then like those like little mini half cans of. We like, all have hypertension now. Yeah, but no, like pre-diabetic. you know, like those like little mini half cans of soda. Yeah, just crush that stuff, man. I mean, I could literally <laughs> demolish an entire bag of Mike sells potato chips, man. I mean, it was some of the best memories I have back in the you know middle of high school, sitting in the basement watching the World Cup, eating way too much junk food and playing Scrabble. Just good times. So it just sound like a good time. Those are like. Yeah, I guess if I had to speak to to board games and some of my favorite times playing them, that's probably what I would say. Nice. Um, but yeah, so let's okay, fast back. forward <laughs> yeah. to... Uh, now that we fully covered Going to hyperdrive. We, we're back to Alex's question. He talked about, you know, games that we're not overly great at, but we wish we were. So for me, it's fighting games. I love Tekken Tag Tournament and the Tekken series in general. Um, another series that I'm glad I never, or I guess genre that I never got into that I wish part of me wishes I did but again I'm glad I didn't what is MMOs yes because Lord of the Rings Online was like literally my dream game that's RuneScape is as close as I got to like a wow yeah I mean that's technically an MMO and I think you and I are very much the same in that we have addictive personalities I have a very addictive personality yeah and so, like, I, I just convinced I just convinced yeah. Ryan to download the eBay app on his phone, and he's already like shaking over there because yeah. he's like <laughs> fidgeting, like I need to buy, like, I need to buy, I need well, to buy. Because we are going through like, I mean, later on, video games that we played on like car rides and things. Yeah, and I was going through. I actually had to charge my old PSP, and I'm looking at these save files, and I'm just, I I'm looking. I was like, is this the right game? And then I see the logo. I'm like, I totally remember everything about this. Like. You, you see the cover art to this PSP case, and you're like, yep, yep, I remember spending way too much time and not talking to anyone while playing this. And of so, course, the good brother-in-law so that I, I am, that. I proceeded to tell Ryan that PSP, if you're getting into video game collecting, is a great system to get into collecting for because it's relatively inexpensive. And then I looked, and the games that I won are $6, which so is good. Ryan's going to be dropping some serious dollars tonight. <laughs> yeah, all of $12. <laughs> Boom. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so for me, MMOs, the closest I ever came to playing an MMO was Toontown, of course, my yes. love of Disney. Um, such an amazing game. And it's it's funny because they shut down the servers maybe like three or four years ago. It's free now. And it's free. It's not the same game. The assets are different, a little bit tweaked because they can't Copyright. get the license. Um, but I would like to download that and just, just kind of like maybe for like five or six hours just to relive some of those memories that my sister and I you had. You could playing. get into RuneScape. Yeah, let's not go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> Good. See? Good. You're not fully an addict. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, you know, like... Stay away. You know, recently, and this is maybe we get quickly into this, really, you know, we won't go into details, but um, whatever the organization is has, has clinically 13. diagnosed um, gaming as a disorder. Yeah. You know, and so it's interesting. Like, I don't know people personally, but I know there are people. I mean, there's like literally... Um, intervent that show intervention or whatever, and there's like literally episodes about people that are addicted to MMOs. They their social life goes down the gutter. They quit their jobs or they get fired from their jobs. They they start stop caring for their their own health, and it's 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 sad because you know those games are meant to be enjoyed, and the creators, of course, of those games have no intentions of 
doing that to people, but I mean, it's just sad that people get kind of, kind of sucked into those worlds. And I mean, rightfully so. I mean, some of those games are ridiculously fun and addicting yeah. and grinding for that new piece of gear. And you're in these guilds where it requires you to keep playing and you can't take breaks because you need a certain class of character, whether it's um, a tank or a mage or a warrior, and they need you to to grind through that dungeon or whatever. I think the the scariest part of those is when you get into a the group of people that encourage you to keep on playing because exactly. they need you. Like anything with a guild, like Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes, I played that for two years every day. Yeah. And the second they added guilds, the longevity of that game exponentially increased. Well, yeah, because then it's like you have to tell people like, no, Wednesday night, I mean, my guild's doing a raid. I, yeah. ha- I have to be there because it's my guild. It's like my, my family members. Like I Pretty much. You the, have 50 people relying on you. Exactly. I mean, it's it's a big deal. And I'd like to... Um, it's important. I'll just go ahead and spoil it. So Pete Dore, we're going to have him on the podcast. And I'd like to kind of pick his brain because... Who? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Don't even go there. I love you, Pete. Um, he had I a... Yeah. I think, Pete, I can go ahead and say a serious addiction to Final Fantasy XI. Like, he put thousands of hours into this game back in the day. Mm-hmm. And he could totally attest to the fact that his guild needed him. Like, he, I mean, when it came to eating meals, like, he'd be like, guys, hold on, I'll be right back. And he'd freaking run out the room, grab whatever was, you know, in, in hand's distance, and then st- scarf it down. And like, even bathroom breaks are dangerous. Yeah. You're wasting time. Well, I'm not a big South Park fan, but I do love the episode Make Love, Not Warcraft. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, the kid... Mom! Mom, Hot Pockets, and the mom comes yeah. with, like, a bucket, and he's just, like, spraying, you know, poop yeah. into the bucket while he's continues to, like, mouse click and play yeah. and farm or kill, like, little squirrels. So they that sword that was on a flash drive. Level up. So it's crazy. I mean, we could honestly talk about, even though we haven't experienced MMOs, just... Talking about that realm. I was talking to my coworker, and that was actually like one of the er, like that sword that they had mm-hmm. in that episode was apparently like a really hard raid boss oh, way really? back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if I could go back in time and play Vanilla WoW, which I think was like. They have servers from what I was. I think they do. Um, like 2004, I think is maybe when that game came out. I, I didn't have any serious. I was 11. I didn't have any serious obligations at the time. You know, I would have. What's what's eleven years you old? You didn't have that? any serious friendships that you were obligated to keep yeah. up with, <laughs> family and stuff. I mean, what what was I in a, at eleven? Like, is it like seventh grade or something? I have no idea. Sixth or seventh grade? I, I don't know how ages reflect. They don't translate because yeah, people nowadays are like kids. They try to look like thirty. Yeah, I looked eleven when I was. I was like a tall. I still look like I'm twelve. Yeah, you've aged a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Full year, um, but uh. Yeah, MMOs. It's it's a it's a dangerous beast, but uh, it's certainly an interesting one to say the very least. Um, did you? So I kind of totally no, crushed that question. Whatever. Is there any input from you? I mean, I know you were didn't know kind of where you were at with that question. Was so. genres a game? Yeah. Was there any you want wish you were better at that you aren't? Or? Well, I, I took that as like chess and those memory games are kind of genres that I would want. Um, as far as actual video games, I don't know. I really. I specifically play like RPGs and I'm trying to stay away from MMOs. Like there's only specific times that I would actually go back and like pick a RuneScape for just like a nostalgia's yeah. sake. But it's like an hour. I'm not going to actually pick up a new game and start it from scratch. And try and get like a, a level 99 farming and whatever your skills. Farming is expensive. Yeah. Yeah. I think but, what I would like... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. But I mean, shooters, I'm not... I'm pretty good at... 
I mean, after playing games, you get pretty good reflexes. So I'm pretty good at shooters. Um, I don't know. Those are the main things that I'm interested in. Mm -hmm. Like puzzle games. Yeah, like Uncharted is as far as I go with puzzles. Mm -hmm. And then you got like the mindless games that you don't really need to be good at. I mean, like Peggle. Peggle's technically a puzzle game. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's pretty much what I play. Yeah. It's just either super intense or just mindless. Yeah, that's fair. Um, as far as like fighter games, I did get the uh, Dragon Ball Fighter Z. Oh yeah, you um, put that a little bit. And you fun. destroyed me, wrecked you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, there's no glossing over that. Um, but that would be. I need to pick that one up again after Dark Souls. Yeah, but. I think a genre that I'd like to get you more into um, is kind of the JRPG realm. So your Final Fantasies, your Dragon Quest. I kind of lent you, you know, the Dragon Quest Monsters Joker. Um, mm-hmm. But I'd really like you to get a copy of Dragon Quest Nine, so you and I can play through that together. That was okay. one of the, my top ten games. Yeah. Um, I don't. I, I'm very like I'm also very particular about the JRPGs I play nowadays because they are so um, time um, demanding of time. But uh, yeah, some of my favorites I'd definitely like you to play through, like the Dragon yeah. Quest. My and boss stuff. was actually giving me crap for last week mentioning I only had, like an hour to play Minecraft. Yeah, Ryan, brother. Let, <laughs> yeah. let your associate like, go home once in a while and yeah. play some video games. Thanks a lot, Ryan. Gosh. What what a <laughs> yeah. what a mean boss. That's what I say every day to his face. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding, Ryan. You're probably a great guy, brother. I I don't know who you are, but uh I hear great things from, from Ryan over here. <laughs> yeah. he, he just, You're like this hurts to say this <laughs> right now. <laughs> Saying this through my teeth. Glowing reviews about you every yeah. day after. Uh, you have a solid 1.5 <laughs> on Metacritic. On my ratemyboss.com. <laughs> yeah. Glass door. Yeah. There's like that'd be amazing. Like ratemyprofessor.com. Yeah. You know, like in college, if they had like right. a rate my boss for yeah. each company. They, I mean, yeah. I'm sure that stuff out there exists, but well, that'd yeah. be amazing. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. Like. Uh, I almost said the company, but like, yeah, don't. You're just like the things you like, and I know how Glassdoor s- is set up. Yeah, things you like, it's the things you dislike. Just clearly entering <laughs> his name. <laughs> like, yeah, this guy. Yeah. Um. All right. So let's get into the second question here. Um. He said, "Also, do either of a okay? So how's this worded here? Also, do either of you have a really weird gaming skill?" Mine is Pac-Man Championship Edition. It was the only game I could play with one arm after I broke my collarbone, so I got stupid good at it. That's a great story I hope I can tell. And then he says, I hope I can come on as a guest soon. Fellow Keyblade Master Alec. Thanks for writing in, brother. Appreciate it. As far as weird gaming skills for me, though, like, I'm trying to think. Like, I don't... I, I mean, I, I think I'm relatively good at video games just because I've played them for so long, and there's there's certainly games you that I'm... think? I know. Okay. Dragon Ball Fighter Z, brother. Meet me in the battlefield. <laughs> okay, whatever. Um, but like, I don't think that like you cheated. We're not gonna get into that right now. <laughs> yeah. Come on, Goku, bring it. Um, I don't know. Like gaming skills, I don't think I really have one that I'm just like, oh yeah, Tetris, I have the world record, or Donkey Kong Arcade, like I'm a boss. Like I just don't. I'm really good at um, playing games for long periods of time. Yeah, is that and a skill? That is a solid skill. It's attention, you know. Ignoring you, RL. <laughs> yeah, you know, my, I'm good at that. My eyes are like adapted to looking at screens. Yeah, I look at computers all day. My so retinas are burned. I fried. don't require just, eye drops. That's an evolutionary yeah. skill. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. Flaunt, right. Flaunt that. That's man. I'm gonna <laughs> wear that. Wear that on my sleeves. Um, <laughs> Just tattoo it on your arm. And they get tatted up. Like. I don't sleep. I don't blink. <laughs> yeah. I play video games. <laughs> yeah, just across your forehead. Yeah, um, yeah I'm sorry. brother this. <laughs> just, just, like finger. under your eye. <laughs> yeah. I have teardrops for each of the like the times I haven't slept. Yeah, beat. for the number of like, I don't know, platinum trophies you have an eye drop. <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah. Peggles. Platinum trophy. Yeah. What are you going to do? Yeah. Just peggles large across your chest. <laughs> I just have Bjorn the Unicorn on, my- <laughs> yeah, on your back. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, I'm so sorry. Take the listeners <laughs> are just like fast forwarding this part of the That's, episode. Yeah. Uh, it's okay. We're, we're having a ball. Um, all right. So Travis, in traditional fashion, <laughs> writes in uh, a book. So I'm going to try and like do the Spark Notes version of some of this. I'm sorry, Travis, brother. I want you to know that I've read every word, and I do appreciate it. So... He says, hi there, gents. Travis again from Northern Ariador. I want <laughs> Lauren and I went backpacking there once. It's, it's really nice in the spring. Yeah, that's yeah. what I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, lots of ends and uh, little oldie fonts running around. Anyways, he says, I wanted to say again how Google much I'm... Google Earth doesn't cover it really no, well. No, they, they don't. Yeah, it's kind of off the beaten path. They don't do it like justice. You, if you GPS it in your car, you have to do a few updates to actually get it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My uh, headphones popped out here. It's all right. Just a novice over here. Messing with Amateur podcasting. All right, so he says, um, Rusty talked about Hollow Knight last episode as one of my most anticipated games at E3. He said, I wanted to give you two a glowing review for it. You know what? I'm going to read all this, Travis. I'm just going to spark notes your questions. He says, I'm only a few hours in, and I've barely scratched the surface of what I've been told is a 20-plus hour adventure. It's already one of the best, if not, the best Metroidvania-style game I've yet played, and I love me some Metroid. Remember, when Travis wrote in for his top 10 games of all time, Metroid Prime is his favorite video game. He says, he goes on, It's not a game that holds your hand. You drop right in and have to explore and discover the lore of the world yourself, which only adds to the dark atmosphere of the game. You're essentially exploring a massive, ruined bug kingdom below ground, and the game designers, uh, the game design regions, enemies... What is this? You're essentially exploring a massive ruined bug kingdom below ground, and the game design, regions, enemies, soundtrack, something rather. I don't know. That's a weird sentence. I'm sorry, Travis. Uh, Okay. does a wonderful job of making your adventure seem daunting. This kingdom isn't just old and abandoned. Something very wrong happened. I've heard it described as the Dark Souls of the Metroidvania world, Mm. and so far, the description is pretty um, appropriate. There's a sense of unsettling darkness and dread, and bosses can be monstrous and difficult until you learn the patterns. I get some Binding of Isaac vibes at times as well, as the enemy design is, oddly enough, cutely grotesque at times. You can fight a boss, and then its corpse will lie there afterwards. I'm (laughs) I'm just barely getting the hints of the larger story, and I'm already captivated. Definitely worth the $15 price tag on Switch. And the developers, Team Cherry, already built in two DLC packs they've already released in addition to full access to another one they're currently developing. They're a small team and seem to really care about allowing fans of their world to keep experience it without paying extra. And uh, so, yeah, I love that, Travis. I think it sounds outstanding and certainly right up my alleys. I love my 2D platformers, and this just seems like a game that's just really bizarre, really unique, and, you know, I love my Metroidvania stuff as well. So once I get a Switch, I'll download it, and I'll pressure Ryan to get it as well. Okay. Yeah, I already have the Switch, so I'm... Um, More than halfway there. So he has some outstanding questions. This first one, I think we could honestly do an entire episode, and I cannot wait to dig deep into it. So he says, a few questions for you. 
Number one, a lot of my early gaming experiences were on PC with a few different series of point-and-click games from a company that was then called Humongous Entertainment. I think the company, if it still exists, has a different name now, but the characters were pretty iconic. You got Pajama Sam, Freddy Frisch, and Spy Fox, to name a few, in addition to a whole series of sports games under the moniker of Backyard. You got your backyard baseball, soccer, football, hockey, the whole nine yards. Are you too familiar with these? Pajama Sam was even voiced by Pamela Adlon, who was known for Spinelli on Disney's Recess. Um, so, wow. Okay, Travis. Yes, to put it very bluntly, I played these games to death growing up, okay? So, for me personally, and you know what? Pump the brakes here. Travis, you and I were talking about this, okay? Hook up your PC, get your beautiful daughter educated on the greatest games ever made for our generation, okay? Forget Mario Brothers and Duck Hunt. Forget Tetris, okay? The humongous entertainment games right now are on sale for the Steam Summer Sale between $0.99 and $2.79 per game, okay? Mm -hmm. Puppa goes to the moon. Puppa joins the zoo. Freddy Fish 3. Attack the clones. Exactly. All of them right now between a a buck and two seventy five or whatever, you know. Forget the coffee for a week, okay? Take a break from Starbucks and hook your girl up with some <laughs> of the greatest PC gems from back in the day, okay, brother? You just you got to do it. So, some of the games that I played and remember most fondly, of course, were the Putt Putt games. So Putt Putt goes to the moon. Putt Putt joins the uh, parade, and then Putt Putt joins the zoo. Were the three Putt Putt games I most fondly remember playing, and then. Freaking Fatty Bear's birthday surprise. Oh, what, what is that? My word. Dude, you just got to look it up, okay? This little girl has like a birthday party the next day, and her little bear, Fatty Bear, runs around the house at night after she falls asleep and just prepares the greatest birthday party ever created, okay? So you're, you're running around the house, finding all these different decorations and stuff, getting things prepped for this girl's birthday party. It's amazing. And it's two bucks right now on Steam, and I'm probably going to download it. <laughs> um, you know, the Freddy Fish games, I actually never really played. Um, How dare you? Well, okay, not entirely. Okay, so I'd go to the, the public library, and they would always have those games on, dis- on display. Yeah, they were hilarious. And so it was always my hope and wish that, you know, I'd, I'd, uh, a PC would be open. I'd rush over there, man. I'd boot it up. I'd boot up Freddy Fish and his little partner in crime. He's like a little green fish, like a guppy or something like that. Yeah. And yeah. Um, that's all I really remember. I, I just remember exploring, like, abandoned ships in the bottom of the sea mm-hmm. and finding different... You do, like, solve crimes and things. Yeah. It was so cool. I mean, just the most unique games and so intriguing and in you just get so engrossed in those like little point and click adventure games. Yeah, as a kid. I don't, I don't know why this was like a sales thing, but I got Freddy Freddy Fish three at a Great Clips. I like I yeah no it was, it was like really a promotional weird. thing or what was yeah that? like if I got my haircut there they would give me this video game Freddy Fish. Really? I was like this is the weirdest kind of marketing ploy, but it worked. Yeah, I think I I want to say that cereal boxes had like little floppy disk demos of some of these games too. I can't say for certain, but I feel like that was a thing too. Um, They had a lot cooler stuff in cereal boxes. Yeah, now there's like these little like garbage, they're not even toys, they're just throwaway pieces of crap is what they are. Yeah, and you can't even write them off. Yeah, and there's no sense of like anticipation because there used to be like those write-ins, like you'd, you'd, cut off the cardboard after you finish the cereal yeah. and you'd write in and you get like 
a cool little knickknack thing. But that anticipation of waiting for the mailman to deliver that to your house was like waiting for Santa Claus to come at Christmas. Do they still have like box tops for education? I think they do because they, really? used, they I think they still have them on like granola bars and gushers and stuff like that. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think that's still gushers. Oh. It's been a while. You know, it's funny when Lauren has like a really rough day, rough day at work. She'll sometimes stop at like Walmart on her way home. Yeah. And and get like a box of gushers. And Gush. she, just, she just like looks at me and has a box of gushers. I'm like, girl, <laughs> crush it. You, I see how your day was. You crush the gushers. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, so some other games, like old school PC games that I remember playing growing up, one of them was Candyland. Okay. Really? This game was amazing. Okay. So clearly you're going around the board game, but you know, in the board game, you have like um, the different people. Like there was the. The lady that was in like the winter world, the winter wonderland. Yeah. And then there was the candy cane guy and yeah. the, the little gumdrop mole thing. So you basically visit all of them and they have like these little fun mini games once you go to each of them. Ooh. And of course, there's like the black licorice thief or whatever that's like the villain in the game. Yeah. But what was so fun, so in the beginning of the game, this thief steals all the candy from um, this old man's store. Uh-huh. Very similar looking to um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory's grandfather. Okay. Okay. And so at the end of the game, you end up getting to this palace with all the candy and you just like click as much as you possibly can and just all the, because all the candy is just like spread out across the wall and you just click all the candy that you want and that's the candy, you have like a, I don't even know, like two minutes to click as much as you want. And then that's the candy that you end up almost like the Grinch with his giant sleigh of toys, bringing it back to the shop. And then it just like unloads and the, the, the old man's like jumping for joy because you brought all this candy back. And it's just like this epic moment as a child when you just like do that. And of course, kid and candy store type of thing. It was just yeah. so fun that they were able to bring the board game to life in interactive form. So that was really fun. Another um, series of games. So, you know, the old school Fisher Price um, uh, action figures, like there was the the little castle and like those little figurines that you um, had, and then there was like a, a pirate ship boat. I don't know if you've ever played yeah, the Fisher Price no, toys. I did. Well, there were interactive point and click adventure games, and Ooh. so two of them that I played was uh, let me see here, Fisher Price Western Town. So okay. it was like this like old school Western theme point and click adventure, and then there was a Fisher Price Great Adventures Castle, which was basically like this like knight in shining armor type thing. You had to go around and get like. What is the Knights of the Round Table or whatever? Oh, um, yeah, the Knights yeah. of the Round Table. So you were basically like a King Arthur type thing. Yeah. And you eventually had to go and recruit all these different knights and then go to like this castle and infiltrate it and like beat the final boss or whatever. But it was <clears throat> it was so fun. I played that game probably a hundred stinking times growing up. So many times. And then I'm sorry, I'm going on. When he mentioned this topic, I, like I said, I could I could go on for hours yeah, about it seems like old it, school PC games. Sure. The last one I want to talk about is a game no one is probably going to remember. Sorry, I just like bumped my mic. Harry and the Haunted House. So this was a game where you were in a field playing baseball with a bunch of your friends and you ended up hitting the baseball into like this weird, dark, haunted house. Like Sandlot? And, yeah, kind of thing. And so it like went through the window and then you and your friends have to go to the haunted house and try and find the baseball and you're like wandering this mysterious house and everything and I don't even remember what happened but... I actually posted on Twitter about it a couple days ago because um, once he wrote into this question, I was kind of exploring old school PC games that I'd played and um, just so fun. 
so fun. I wish I could go back and experience that one, but I'm definitely looking forward to playing some of the humongous entertainment games. But uh, yeah. what about you? Any any, any other? Um, I think I mentioned it last time, but Stunt Rally. It was a oh, yeah. like a racing game, um, pretty zoomed out from like Need for Speed games, um, and then you just had basically like a plot or like a cube or a square of land um, that you could build in using these like more or less connector sets and then you get to go around and race on that which is a lot of fun yeah um so that one and then there was like this pizza lego game like you're a pizza delivery guy really yeah and you got to like yeah so there's like a starting world and then you got like teleported into like a jurassic world and like space and like the entire time you could like change all these like trees you could change them into different lego trees and like this wasn't lego racer no. This wasn't like a racing game. Okay, okay, okay. No. And um, like the entire time, because you're a pizza delivery guy, you can throw pizzas at people. Really? Like the entire game. That's really cool. I'd never heard of that before. Yeah, and I, I mean, before, like the final boss, you're like in space and like you're jumping on platforms and stuff. Um, I went back recently and the game probably took me hours to beat. Really? Yeah. Back in the day. And I think it took me about 45 minutes to beat That's awesome. as an adult. But it's going through and beating all those levels. And, like, you can fly around in planes over a jungle and things. That's it's neat. a lot of fun. Um, very cool. That's interesting. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. Cool. I just had two. Yeah, such a fun topic. I mean, it's. I'm so glad we grew up at a time where we still had those, like, Old school. Old school interactive um, point-and-click adventure games. But at the same time, they were educational, you know, um, and just meaningful so i think that's super neat um yeah i'm just so glad and i hope you know travis you know you can kind of show these games to your daughter she'd probably just have a ball especially with putt putt i feel like that and freddie fish would be so right up her alley and she'd really enjoy those but uh the next question here i'm not gonna read the whole thing but basically the root of the question is you know travis is asking about glitches in games and he kind of talks about one specifically in a game called sphinx and the cursed mummy this is a game that um I, I recently came across on the PS2. Well, I didn't recently come across it. It always intrigued me because, one, I love Egyptian kind of that time frame. And the character on the front cover almost looks like he's he is wielding a lightsaber. And so the cover art really struck me, and it looks just like a kind of like a 3D action platformer type game. Travis talks about a, a specific glitch in it that is game-breaking. And so Pete Dorr, Mr. Speedrunner champion, uh, this might be a new game you, know, I need, you might need to... To kind of glitch and speed run. But in any case, he's asking here about if we've ever come across glitches in games. And for me personally, like, there's only one that I think Ryan and I want to talk to. So yeah. I think we kind of briefly mentioned in a previous episode that he and I were playing through the Resistance games on PlayStation 3 together. And so there's this, you know, part in the Resistance Resistance 1, Fall of Man, where we're going through this tunnel, okay? There's, like, these nasty little, um, like, critter things that come out of eggs and just, like, start coming at you by the hundreds. So we crossed this line where essentially it triggered these enemies to start coming towards us. And then we just launched like 500 (laughs) feet up in the air, literally could visibly see the entire map. Yeah, it was actually really cool. Really neat. I wasn't even like, I wasn't going to complain. No, I mean, it was just like we died. We lost a little bit of progress, whatever. But it was so cool. Like I felt like I was kind of the programmer or developer like on the PC kind of like structurally creating the level yeah. and the map design because we and could we see could also, everything. It was also like taunting us because we saw that we were like maybe like 20 steps from the end of the level. <laughs> yeah. And we, of course, 
naturally plummeted plummeted to, to, to the ground. I kept falling into nothingness. You actually fell. I got to the level, then I was just overwhelmed by these monsters. Yeah, and you got killed. But um, that's the only thing that I've really come across. I mean, there's like minor things that aren't necessarily glitches, but like one example wall Ryan clipping. and I were talking. Yeah, exactly. Like wall clipping in games, like your axe kind of goes through the wall, but it's not, of course, not supposed to. Um, but yeah, nothing. Usually one-sided walls are like how they render it. So like you can fall through a cliff edge and then you can't go back. Yeah. Um, that's one. Um, you can let him go. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, just let him. Yeah, I don't know if Mew is technically a glitch or Masingo. Oh, Mas- oh that's a good one. Masingo yeah. is definitely a Masingo's glitch. Masingo is just coding of going towards like zero, right? Yeah, yeah. So um, those, I guess, are glitches. I don't know. Nothing as crazy as resistance just being launched out of the stage. Mm-hmm. That's good. Um, Which was actually enjoyable. Yeah, no, it, glitches are interesting, though, because certainly for speedrunners, like, you can glitch Ocarina of Time and beat the game in, like, less than 10 minutes, which is just baffling to me. I watched Red Version be beaten in 25 minutes. Yeah, that's insane. Insane. Yeah. Um, his next question, I'm actually going to read the, the whole thing because there's an iconic song that I just kind of memorized, and I kind of want to sing the first verse for you guys. Oh, gosh. So okay. just kind of prepare for that. Question three, he says, this one seems like it could be a whole podcast theme, so feel free to skip this one if you're already planning on it. Um, video game bosses, which are your favorites to fight, which ones do you hate, and which ones are the most memorable? Why could He says, I could spend way too much time sharing my answers, so I'm pretty much going to leave this one to you two. However, Demise from Skyward Sword was thematically incredible. A one-on-one sword duel and a beautifully sculpted alt dimension, and the infamous Conqueror's Bad Fur Day pretty much made every boss Memorable. I mean, an anthropomorphic boiler whose weak spot is its er, lower half. I'll even take it a step further, Travis. His male parts, okay, was his weak spot. And of course, the king. As they generally are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And of course, the king of silly bosses, the great Mighty Pooh. And so the song goes like this Me, 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 me. I. I'm the great mighty poo, and I'm going to throw my at you. A huge supply of tish comes from my chocolate starfish. How about some scat, you little twat? What? What? That, that's, that's one of the bosses. So he's literally a great heaping pile of doo-doo, dung. Oh, Wait, you, what game is this in? Conquer's Bad Fur Day for the N64. It is rated M. No wonder last time I picked GameCube over N64. It is unbelievable that a game like this with the literal animal nudity, profanity... Aren't most animals nude? But, like, there are certain parts of female animals in the game that are overly... Accentuated? Yeah. Okay, That's. I'll leave it at that. Um, profanity, like a furry fest, sort of, and then just like thematically. I mean, you're fighting a giant pile of crap. Like it's like the, the the next verse is: Do you really think you'll survive in here? You don't seem to know which creek you're in. Sweet corn is the only thing that makes it through my rear. Ooh. It's 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 totally bonkers. Again, I have no idea how a game like this graced a Nintendo console. I mean, Stranger Things have happened, but it's it's totally out there and weird. So. Travis, yeah. thank you for, for bringing that up and giving me an excuse to, you know, stress my vocals and, and uh, audition for American Idol. 
But uh, do you want to talk about some of your favorite bosses? Yeah, I think probably my favorite boss, I mean, in my favorite game, Bloodborne and then Lady Maria, which I talked about during the Bloodborne yeah, episode. Yeah. And that was mainly because you're a hunter and she is also a hunter. So you're fighting someone of the similar play style and it's just visually amazing. Um, I really liked running after Shadow Mario in Sunshine. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and like the flood stage with that, that was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and then spoilers for Uncharted 4's final boss. Mm-hmm. Um, so the theme of Uncharted Wait, 4... Wait, hold on. Don't say anything, because Travis is a huge Uncharted fan, and I want him to experience that. So oh, may- yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe kind of dance around it if you want, but don't say anything specific. I guess you technically dance around in the final boss. Yeah, sort of. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's... Oh, how that fight is set up, the, the, I think, is what you're trying to get at. Yeah, so let me think of how I want to say this. Um, you have a theme of kind of... I think it's... What's the title of Uncharted 4? A Thief's End. A Thief's End. Um, so it's it's a pirate theme. Yeah. Um, which isn't a, really a spoiler. No, yeah, perfectly. Um, I think that's... And alludes basically... To it. I just the, I mean, Uncharted does theming really well, but you do piratey stuff towards the end. As yeah. Yeah, I am, I tried. I have no idea how to not spoil that. So I think you've you've done it do justice. Yeah, I you do piratey stuff. Can read between the lines here. The uh, final boss definitely kind of, yeah, does the final crescendo. Yeah. Into good stuff. Good stuff. It, it's um, a great payoff. Yeah. Any others? Is it? Uh, those are my main ones. I just Uncharted 4's final boss. Uh, yeah. You like it a lot. Yeah, it was so. I mean, because you go through the first three Uncharted's, and then you go to that final game, and you're. I mean, you have high expectations from the first three, mm-hmm. and it hasn't let you down. The story is great, character development, and the antagonist is awesome. And then you have this final duel. And like final climax to the game, and it wraps everything up so well, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it's perfect. Um, the final confrontation is just a great boss battle. Good, yeah, it's great, great pick. Yeah. Um. So for me, I think the one I firstly want to mention is just fighting Sephiroth in Kingdom Hearts One. Um. You know, they they set it up perfectly. You're in the Olympus Coliseum stage, and one winged angel from Final Fantasy VII. That theme is so iconic and. And, oh, man, it is just such a beautifully composed song. starts playing, and it just perfectly sets up the scene. It's unbelievably challenging. I mean, this is... If you've heard of Kingdom Hearts, people talk about it. They talk about how brutal that boss battle is. And it's it's an optional boss. It's not like you have to, to fight that battle to complete the game. I think I texted you, Ryan, when I was fighting him. Um, and then when I eventually beat him, it was one of the most satisfying... I mean... Bloodborne Dark Souls level of satisfaction beating him. It was, but there is a way to, I don't think you're spamming it or in any way cheating the battle, but there is a definite strategy that I eventually found um, to beat him. So, and some um, of those you do it by any means necessary. Yeah. And so there was, because his reach with his sword is so far and it's Mm -hmm. a matter of getting to the opposite side of the map when he has this certain strike. Um, But yeah, it's incredibly epic battle. So that is certainly probably number one on my list. Another one that I really enjoyed, Final Fantasy IX is probably not only my favorite Final Fantasy game, but quite possibly my favorite JRPG, okay? Um, and there's a boss battle in there 
against this thing called Black Waltz the Third, and so it's basically an oversized, terrifying-looking Vivi. You know, Vivi's the one that's on my shirt yeah. and on, my, on the logo of the show. And so, in the game, when in this particular scene, he you're on this airship, okay, and he kind of he comes onto the airship, and Vivi is is standing there, and a bunch of like black mages come around him to try and help him fight this this character, this villain, and he casts like this Thundaga spell. And it goes into this cutscene, and it's like slow motion. All of the black mages like fall off the airship and are just plummeting to their death. And they kind of zoom in on Vivi's face, and it's like this very emotional moment where Vivi's like lost like all of his friends, you know. And yeah. and Princess Garnett, the other kind of an- or protagonist in the game, is kind of like trying to comfort him, and it kind of like leads into this this boss battle. But um, just his design. I mean, I love Vivi's character, so to kind of almost have a a darker, more grotesque-looking Vivi um, that's, like, nine times his size for me was just really cool. Yeah. Um, and plus just how that how that scene kind of plays out. It was really unique. And it sounds interesting. Just emotional. Yeah, Final Fantasy IX, if you're going to play an earlier Final Fantasy game, I mean, most people would point to Final Fantasy VI or um, VII, of course, but I would point to IX because it has a more childlike animated art style to it, mm-hmm. and it's just... Very appealing, and the, the music is phenomenal. So I, I definitely recommend that one. Um, some other ones that kind of want to just spitball here. Um, I think the first time you f- I fought Master Hand in Smash Brothers on the N64, yeah. which is like, why is there a giant glove attacking me and shooting lasers out of its index finger? Yeah. <laughs> Excuse and me. And then Crazy Hand, and then there's just two hands on the stage. Yeah, I was just like, what is going on? Um, so that was really unique. Ganondorf and Ocarina of Time is such an iconic battle, of course. Poseidon in God of War three is incredibly epic. Yes. Looks so really most of God of War three bosses. Yeah, so crazy, so yeah. crazy. Um, and then the last one I wanted to mention was Salazar from uh, Resident Evil four. Slytherin, exactly. So he's basically this he, this little midget guy in this like Revolutionary War outfit. He kind of looks like Napoleon Bonaparte, basically. Okay, and um, he eventually turns into some psycho, of course, ridiculous traditional Resident Evil 4 boss looking thing. He has like all these different antennas and ridiculous things ripping out of his face. But mm. um, he's like taunting you throughout the game. And then once you eventually fight him, it's just um, just a really memorable boss. And just the way that he looks and he's like a midget Napoleon. I don't yeah. know. It's just very iconic and memorable. So for me personally, that's kind of what, what I would kind of say are my favorite bosses and most memorable. But uh, great questions, Travis. Seriously, thank you for writing in. I know... Um, you and I talk almost on a daily basis at this point, you know, talking about games and, and stuff like that. I definitely want to have you on the podcast in the future. So um, I actually already have some some show topics in line for, for what I want to discuss with you. So After you beat Uncharted 4. After you beat Uncharted 4, brother, you got you to gotta get on the PS4. Tell Kara. Um, or borrow my PS4. Yeah, dude, I'll send for it. For like a weekend. I'll send it in the mail and, uh, you know, overnight ship and you just uh, you just hammer out Uncharted 4. It'll be the time of a life or life. Time of a lifetime? You're struggling, man. Words and Drink stuff? Drink more Monster. Yeah, I need <laughs> sippy sips. I need my Estes flask over here. <sighs> Blood vial. All right. So now we're going to get into the main topic of the show. Talking about summer memories. So right here, we kind of want to talk about, you know, my idea going into this was any memorable vacations we had. I kind of mentioned at the beginning of the episode where you brought your PSP, you brought your Game Boy, your Game Boy Advance, your DS, whatever it might have been. And, uh, you know, those long car rides, my family drove to Florida a few times, you know, we drove to Myrtle Beach and, you know, those, that's like a 10, 12, 15 hour car ride and you need, you need to keep yourself busy. So 
Um, we want to talk about that. And then, of course, any summer binging uh, of video games that you played with your friends. Too hot outside. You need to you need to take a break, cool off with some Capri Sun and some video games. So, Ryan, what kind of memories you, you have lined up here? So, most of my memories that I listed were not video game related because I have a specific video game related section okay. for vacation. So, um, during the summers, I, like us pre-internet or pre-cell phones, or at least smartphones, I actually saw people in person. So like lots of riding bikes and adventuring, kind of exploring the world, which is crazy to think. So you didn't exclusively talk to people on Twitter and Facebook? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Dark times, right? What a weird weird life that is. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, We uh, made a lot of our own fun, so... We did like airsoft wars back, dude. <laughs> airsoft guns, <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I totally remember that. We um, so we'd go back into the backwoods behind our house and basically shoot each other with airsoft guns, yeah. And like strategically attack, and there were some hills and things, so we'd like make forts and yeah. then attack each other. Which, looking back, I'm surprised one of us isn't blind. Yeah, well, we, I wore goggles. Did okay. you guys ever wear goggles? No. You know, it's no. weird. One time I was running across my, my friend's lawn and they shot me and I was like, I had my mouth open uh-huh. and I was running. He shot me on my tongue. Ah. It hurt like a mother, man. That was not fun at all. I definitely had a nice little welt on my tongue. <laughs> <laughs> we actually, we used, so Matt and I, we made thermite, which is a lot of fun. As young gentlemen do. Yeah. So we used more protection creating that. So we had safety goggles. Um, so granted, it burns at like 4,000 degrees Fahrenheit. Jeez. It's like aluminum powder and, um, was it, rust. So, um, uh, yeah, iron oxide. So you basically you mix that and then you have to light it with essentially, um, what, magnesium strips you can use. Okay. Or magnesiums in sparklers. So you it gets hot enough, I mean, that it can light it. And then... It gets so freaking bright that you actually have to wear sunglasses on top of your goggles. What the heck, man? And then if you put water on it, it explodes. So, like, our, our first reaction that we got um, is just started spewing molten iron everywhere. And this was back in our fire pit area. Yeah. Um, but- so, it was just spewing iron. So, like, if you go back there, you might be able to still find, like, little iron chunks all around that area. Um, the second time, it was more like confined to like the actual location. It didn't start spewing. I think it's because it was on a wet rock that that water reaction just started spewing the iron everywhere. Yeah, I stuck Mentos in a Diet Coke bottle once. Nice. That's that's, that's a about, lot safer. That's about the extent I went with like, you're like Sid from Toy Story, man. Freaking blowing no, no, up no. toys. No, another fun one was um, potassium nitrate. Um, so <laughs> you do so, kind of look like Sid, actually. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I, I need the <laughs> skull, skull t-shirt. t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, ammonium nitrate is the one that you like the fertilizer bombs and things, which is dangerous, and don't do that. But potassium nitrate, you it's a different aisle of Home Depot. Yeah. But you get so you get it in like a stump killer, which usually they used to do it. But um, my friend's dad was a chemist, so he was able to get us. Um, some nitrate from his lab. And um, so we got to do that. And basically you heat it up into a paste with uh, sucrose and fructose and you make a paste and then you can light that on fire. And then it just, it makes more or less a smoke bomb without the explosion. And it just 
smoked up our entire backyard, which is a lot of fun. So that's what I did as, I mean. I also burnt summer. ants with magnifying glasses yeah. and like lit G.O. Joe's on fire and set rockets to their backs. Yeah, deforestation and like, I hate puppies. Yikes, and, man. No. So the, no, it's it was a lot of fun. We did that. Um, let's see. I remember lots of my childhood was digging holes in the backyard. So like I've, I watched a movie Core, and I really like the idea of going to the center of the earth. I watched Holes once. Yeah. Different, <laughs> completely different premise. Actually, Dad wants that Holes being dig played. Dig it up. Uh, uh, he wants to play his, fume, his dig funeral. Dig it up. Uh, that's really. Well, no, no, because he digs so many holes in the backyard, like gardening and things. He's like, you know, that would be a sick joke to play. And just like at my That's so your stuff. dad's humor, though. <laughs> yeah. Dig it up. Uh, uh, yeah, dig it. that was good. Shia LaBeouf back in the day. Um, so we did that. I tried to dig to the center of the earth, or at least I was trying to get to the mantle. Um, you know, You're such a weird kid. Yeah, that's why it turned out how I did. But um, <laughs> so that was an attempt, and we usually, um, I think we got six or seven feet down, but then you start hitting roots and things, so you need a pickaxe, and I was. Little enough at the time that I couldn't wield a pickaxe. Wield, yeah, I wield them. Um, so then also like a thing. That so we, I turned to RuneScape and got my my. Uh, yeah, no, I got ninety nine mining. To- <laughs> yeah, and smithing. So yikes. Um, so rock hunting was another fun one. Um, the neighborhoods around us weren't really developed yet, um, so we would just go into these places that they're building houses and just collect rocks which is a lot of fun interesting yeah and then i also lifeguarded and did swimming practice but that's less entertaining yeah saving lives yeah yeah it's less important, important than thermite and potassium nitrate <laughs> wow yeah wow. what about you you're probably more of a normal kid than i was yeah maybe just a few notches um so anyways when i was 10 years old, I think it was. My family took a trip to Florida, and unfortunately, we all caught the stomach bug. Like, just the absolute worst bug, not to go into too many details, but like both ends, all right? And so I had my Game Boy Advance SP and my copy of Super Mario Advance 2 Super Mario World, all right? So this is the port of the Super Nintendo Classic Super Mario World 2D platforming phenomenon of a game. Just absolute masterpiece, okay? And that was my first time playing it. And so while I was like hacking up my lungs and sitting on the john for like nine hours a day, while it was miserable, I had the sweet melodic tunes of Super Mario World in my eardrums. (laughs) And I was platforming with Mario and finding all like the intricate secrets and secret passages, ways and doors and Surprised you weren't fighting that uh, N64 boss. <laughs> the great mighty poo. I pretty yeah. much was in a uh, very <laughs> indirect way. Um, but uh, but yeah, so I think for me, that was such a memorable experience because it, it turned like a an absolute horrible situation into an, an otherwise memorable one for better reasons, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I love, and that was actually the first time experiencing that game. So it, you know, it was nice eventually getting the Super Nintendo cart and, and playing it. Um, you know, as a way it was originally originally intended. Um, the other memory that I wanted to talk about, so my parents never, like, I, I didn't get grounded, first of all, really much as a kid. It went, like, after I was, like, six, I was, like, never grounded. I just, I don't want to toot my own horn, but I just wasn't a bad kid. But, and I never, like, had... He's rebranding himself exactly, for this yeah, podcast. I'm, yeah, exactly. He's um, actually the Sid of us. <laughs> I am, I am. 
Um, he is wearing a skull t-shirt. There it is. There's the pole vault over the line, friends. There. I the hear voices. I think is what your shirt says. This is like a really. <laughs> this is an old t-shirt that I got actually while I was on vacation in, in Myrtle Beach. It says, "I hear voices and they don't like you." It's like a, it's a shirt I work out and I don't. I don't wear it to my job on my day to day. Yeah, it's <laughs> under my suit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, my true colors show yeah. under my real day to day clothes. Um, but anyways, as I was talking about like seven years ago, um, my mom never, and my dad too, never really limited my, my video game playtime. Okay. Uh-huh. Two games, my mom eventually limited me to playing because I was just stupidly obsessed. Like farming game or whatever it was. So no, one of them was of course, Kingdom Hearts one on the PS2 yeah. because she's like, Rusty, you have to study, you have to do your homework, blah, 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 blah. The other game is a game no one would ever guess. Sims. Sims the Herbs in the City on the Game Boy Advance. So my friend got the DS version, and I didn't have a DS at the time, but I'd always bug him to play it because it was just, for whatever reason, my 11-year-old self just thought it was the most addicting and fun game ever. So I eventually got the Game Boy Advance version, and basically it's very different from your your traditional Sims games in the fact that you have one specific character that you control, you kind of create. There's actually a story involved with the game so something like about this daddy warbucks guy owns this giant um hotel chain and you eventually he pulls you in and you work for him and you like clean like you know like those cleaners that go down um hotels clean the windows so you basically do like these a series of weirdo mini games like cleaning bird poop off the windows you eventually move out of the hotel and you get your own job you can kind of walk around the street um converse with like the npc characters and what was so unique i guess for the time on a gba card is that there were dialogue options so you talk huh. with these characters and have like four different options and as you talk with them they would react emotionally to what you were saying and if they didn't like if you're talking about sports to a person that like shopping and didn't enjoy sports like, yeah they would like get mad and angry and like their likeness of you or whatever would go down and so I was just so addicted to this like trying to make friends gameplay loop of, of making friends and then also the game just ridiculously forced you to, you know, shower, eat, sleep, sit down. Like you couldn't do certain <laughs> things you didn't do in real life because you were doing it in the game. Yeah, so it was like Sims overload. Like basically you couldn't when you came home from work, you couldn't like watch TV or you couldn't, you know, play video games or whatever until you like sat on the couch or ate food or showered or went to the bathroom. Like it was ridiculous how much you had to monitor that stuff. Mm -hmm. But for whatever reason, I was just like so incredibly addicted to it. And eventually my mom like took my Game Boy away and was like, Rusty, you need to chill out. So you're like MMO addiction. Yeah. Why don't you live your real life and stop playing with Johnny Tsunami over here with his like little Game Boy Advance. Not a bad Disney movie reference. Not a bad. Yeah. It's a pretty decent movie. Pretty good. But, um, yeah, such a weird game, but well, for that reason, I just I loved it, and I really just took away half my summer because I played it to death. The other one I want to quickly speak to, I guess too. So I mentioned it earlier in the episode about watching the 2010 World Cup um, and playing, you know, like Scrabble and Payday and all that fun stuff. But the other other thing is um, just playing Rock Band with my friends. You yeah, know, you know that endless uh, set list where it was like 54 songs or whatever it was, and you had to play it straight. Um, I just, I just had so much fun with those games back in the day. I remember distinctly going into Game Crazy, the Hollywood 
video kind of tie-in game store that was kind of attached to it and seeing the kiosk there with with Guitar Hero. This is before it was like big, okay? Yeah. And I saw this like plastic... I played Guitar Hero before it was cool. Yeah, man, you know how it is. I'm just a super hipster, man. But anyway, so this, it was sitting there and there was no one in the store and I saw this plastic guitar at the kiosk and I, I asked the associate there, I'm like, what is this? Like, why are you know, these different colored buttons? You have a little strum thing. And, and he sat there and demoed. He played like Killer Queen or whatever mm-hmm. song he ended up playing for me. And I was just mesmerized because that was a time when I was really getting into the Nirvana, the Bon Jovi. I was wearing band t-shirts and stuff like that. And I was just like, I need this in my life. So I took it home and you know, that, the first five songs set list, it's like you have, uh, I think, uh, hearts like, uh, what's her Barracuda or something Barracuda like that. was something like that was definitely overplayed. Something like that. And then there was, um, you know, Killer Queen, just all those iconic rock songs. And I just fell in love with the game. I called my buddy. Dragon Force. Oh, what was the name of that song? Um, uh, Fire and Flames. Insane. My buddy Scott was a master. I kid you not. I kid you not. He could play that game behind his back on Expert. There's a special place for people like him. <laughs> yeah, for real. Scott was like a gaming savant. That kid, uh, if you're listening, Scott, love you, man. Miss you. We need to what, It went from up. expert, and then what was the final? Is that the di- final? Dis- Expert's the final. Yeah, okay. it was easy, medium, hard, expert. Okay. Um, And he could play through the fire and the flames on expert behind his back. Yeah, I think I made it through crappily on expert. I never, I never made it through. Oh, my word. No way. Yeah. I didn't want to take the time to do that. I was, I, I played on expert, but that was a song that I could never pass. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I don't really know how I got into that tangent about music rhythm games, but uh, for me, Guitar Hero, when I got that, it was just such a memorable gaming experience. And it's a lot of fun. I immediately called my buddy Nate and I was like, brother, you got to come over to my house right now. I have like the next big thing. And of course, it was. It, it was exploded. Huge. And Activision beat it into the ground with like 50 million Guitar Heroes and spinoffs. And now it's have dead. Have you seen... Like that now CD, they're at like now 66. Yeah, dude, I had the first now. Yeah. Because it had like Bye 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 and Britney Spears and yeah. like all that, all Backstreet Boys. and I saw a commercial for it at the gym today and it was like now 66. Yeah, so it's it insane. Like, wow. Yeah, I mean, they come out with them like every year or whatever. Yeah. With like, the, you know, the top 40 songs, like whatever those, I don't even know how It's many. multiple times a year because it's, it, what, Bye 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 was not 66 years ago, right? Oh yeah, oh, yeah you're definitely right. They'd have to do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was like, I, they probably came out like 90, 98 or something Piano like that. Man and stuff. Yeah. Now one. <laughs> no. No, yeah. I mean, I think it was... The Entertainer over here. So they've probably been coming out for 20 years. So maybe like three a year, which seems excessive. Yeah. I mean, they're at 66, so they they passed excessive a long yeah, time I don't, ago. Yeah. I don't know how they, they managed to do that, but that's, that's weird. Or just any physical copy of music. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe Weird. It's just iTunes. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, well, this is a fun episode. Is there anything that you wanted to add? Yeah, no, I didn't even go into my memorable, re- memorable vacations or video games. Oh, I know. I, w- I wasn't going to let you talk about that. Okay, well, <laughs> shoot. <laughs> All right, no, I'm actually, I forgot. I am genuinely curious. I want to know about this, so go for it. Why? If you weren't curious, you would have stuck, stuck with the first one. Yeah, if you would have told me something that I was just like not fit for the show yeah. i'd have been like bro get so out we uh we ended up driving to maine i don't know how long ago we were somewhat little um but on the way up <coughs> excuse me we played barbie pet rescue and which we still have 
Do you really? Yeah, Lauren still has the, the Game Boy Color copy. I wonder if she still has her, like, 100% of that game. Well, basically, you're obviously Barbie, and you rescue pets, and there's, like, abandoned animals, and she has this RV and things. So we played that, actually, Lauren more so than I, and then we were in Maine, and they had no air conditioning, and it was, like, 95 degrees in the summer. Um, so it's super brutal. Um, so at night, to kind of stay cool and... We would just play Barbie Pet Rescue. We ended up just beating it, collecting all the pets, saving everything. Yeah, not my finest moment. <laughs> um, you know, it's funny though. I actually had a, I didn't have. Um, one of my mom's friends like let us borrow their PS One collection of games for like a week or something, and uh, I played a Barbie PS One game, and I just remember like one specific thing. It was like a uh, there was like a collection of mini games almost, and there was a skiing mm-hmm. game yeah. part of it, and I. I love that. Yeah. It reminds me of, what was it, SSX Trixie? Oh, dude. Do you remember those? Okay. Whatever happened to those? First of all, there was SSX was a launch title for the PlayStation 2. Then there was SSX Tricky, which was phenomenal. It was. Then there was SSX 3, which is the definitive SSX game, in my opinion. What Um, was that console on? PS2. All three of them came out on PS2. And then eventually there was Blur on, like, the Wii and stuff, which was, that's when it got to be kind of garbage. And then there was... I think on tour. You still have a PS2, right? Dude, I have hundreds of, like, yeah, PS2 is, like, my main Do you still have those games, or do you have those games? I don't. I'll I'll get on eBay tonight. You know how it goes. (laughs) (laughs) I downloaded the app, so that might be our, because I want to play those again. Yeah, Those were nostalgic. Excellent games. You know, I really miss, not to go on too much of a tangent here, EA Sports Big. Those games, so that, that was like the SSX games. Making a lot of weird noises tonight. I am, dude. I'm, I'm, dude. It's probably the monster. Monster jacks me the heck up. But anyways, um, terrible for you guys. Don't drink this stuff. It's so bad for your body. Yeah. Um, if you want your organs to dissolve, mostly your esophagus. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Um, but the EA Sports big games, so you have your NFL Streets, NBA, FIFA Street. Those mm-hmm. games are so great, and they've the, the genre has completely gone away. I don't even know where EA Sports big is these days. But it needs to come back. Mm-hmm. So probably yeah. full of microtransactions. Probably. Yeah. Thanks, EA. Um, the next one is Myrtle Beach. So we ended up going down there, and this was right after um, Soul Silver came out. Um, so not a good time to have a vacation because <laughs> <laughs> I got distracted. So like, I got invested in one of my friends that was back in high school. Um, he got it as well. So we were texting back and forth, like, "Where are you at? What gym?" And this is. I mean, Silver was the one that you can go back to Kanto afterwards. So I ended up beating that on the vacation. And my dad was super angry that I was just playing Game Boy while I was in... <laughs> dad, you understand? Johto region, man. I gotta... I gotta he was not, he was not buying that as a reasonable response to uh, being on vacation. Which I totally understand, looking back. <laughs> um, and then I, we went on a college visit down to North Carolina at App State to visit one of my friends, and I played, what was it, on PS, PSP, there was Ultimate Alliance. Oh, yeah, dude, the, dude, it was the like the, beat-em-up Marvel game? Yeah, that was 3D, Mr., or was it Magneto was mm-hmm. super awesome. Um, that was a lot of fun. Those games are so great, because, I mean, it was like, and I, I love Destructible the, stages, too. Yeah. That was crazy. I love to get it for 360, and you and I could co-op together, because that'd be so fun. Another series of games that kind of, um, came out before that that was on the PS2 that I also want to get I think you'd like are the X-Men Legends games Okay. so you basically play as the X-Men very basically the same thing you have four people in your party 
you go around in these like three dimensional environments and just beating people up. Um, yeah. But yeah, Marvel Ultimate Alliance games were fantastic. That was a lot of fun. And I just remember you could like beat up a wall or whatever, and then you get the metal pike, and you could just start piking the other like superhero, which is really awesome. Um, and then I have two dungeon crawlers. So I have Untold Legends, Brotherhood of the Blades. Awesome. I had that game. That was yeah. that was a lot of fun. It was like a Diablo clone, but so great. Yeah, so before this, I actually went to my parents' house and had to find my charger for my PSP and my PSP itself and then look through my save files to find the names of these games. So that's that's not devotion. Um, but I looking on the internet and like looking at the cover after I found the name... I can remember playing through all of these characters and just all these memories, just flying back, just crushing monsters. And they had a lot of eyes, kind of like Bloodborne and some of the monsters. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, there was actually, so there was Brotherhood of the Blade and then there was Untold Legends was the second game. Yeah. And then there was also a PS3, um, what is it, Untold Legends game. Oh, wait, okay, so... It's Untold Legends, Brotherhood of the Blade. Yeah. And then the second PSP games, I forget the name. but I never played the second one. But there is a second one, and then there's also a PS3 game. I think it was a launch title for the PS3. Okay. So you need to check that out. Yeah, I do. Get on that eBay tonight, brother. You know what's uh, up. <laughs> I, I'm, Drop the big bucks. Everything is just being queued, and I, I'm afraid to... Dude, you know, I mean, your Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes, you're retired. No. You need to, <laughs> you, you, <laughs> that, that's not how I'm going to rationalize this. <laughs> That's a horrible way of. But favor. dude, I got. I have to help you. I'm the. I'm the little yeah, evil guy here, on the, the left side of your buy shoulder. Buy more things. See, you have Ryan on the right side. Like Ryan, don't do it. You. You know that. You know your personality, and I'm on the left. Like brother, come on. What's gonna hurt? Yeah. Come on. Six bucks a game. Come on. Yeah. Order it. Get SSX. Get the Untold Legends. I think. I think the slippery slope. Get is a, the second. Get I Advanced Wars and a Game Boy Advance. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. It is dangerous. I mean, having an eBay app on your phone. When you're getting constant alerts about your your, re- your recent searches or your bids or hey hey Rusty haven't been on eBay in seven minutes uh, here's based on your search history here's a game you might like and it's like oh oh boy and then that just leads to this like ridiculous rabbit hole of searching like a mil- it's like you when you get on YouTube and you watch a yeah. video and then you eventually are watching like rabbits that like wear like tap dance or something. Yeah. You know, it, you just go down this crazy... Like, how did I get here? Yeah. And then it's the same thing with eBay. It's a dark path, so highly yeah. recommended. Two thumbs up. <laughs> Five stars. Yeah. Um, and the I had two more. So Dungeon Siege, Throne of Agony. So it's another dungeon crawler. Um, this is more of a fantasy-based, um, not so much like um, kind of like you had more magic and things opposed to just swords, shields, and that okay. kind of stuff, um, which was a lot of fun. And then bounty hounds. Have you ever heard of bounty that one? hounds? The name sounds familiar. I don't. I don't think I played that one. You're though. like, I don't even remember the premise. Like I remember being stuck on the last boss, the second playthrough through. Um, but you're like a bounty hunter, and you go through these sci-fi worlds. And you have guns and swords, and you're just in armor. It's it's a really cool game, huh? No, I that's one I haven't played, and I I've played quite a robust number of, of games in the PSP at yeah. library. I mean, I used to have quite a PSP collection, but I've got rid of most of it just because I'm very much of the mindset now um, that I just 
I really only want to collect for the systems that are most special to me, and that's the PS2, um, the Game Boy, Game Boy Color, and those are really the only two systems that I collect for now um, yeah. because it's it's relatively inexpensive, and there's just so many great... And N64, and there's just so many great games in the library. N64 mm-hmm. can be a lot more pricey, but... Um, yeah. But yeah, no PSP. I mean, not to pressure you in all seriousness. Like if if there are you know five to ten games that you want to get, you can get them all. Like Local Roco, you can get all those games yeah. really inexpensively now. And it's it's only a matter of time before they start going up. You know, just because retro video game and PSP, I wouldn't consider retro, but it essentially is. You know, and it's gonna start skyrocketing in price. And um, I think that's how infomercials also sell things. What do you mean? Years now for only nineteen ninety five. If you call in the next ten minutes, you yeah, can get. They aren't monitoring <laughs> that garbage. Um, but uh, yeah, I will It'll say go up in the future. I guess yeah. So uh, before I go yeah. any further, is that is that all that you had? Yeah. Okay. So to to that point, you know, we, Ryan and I were just kind of talking about eBay and stuff, and um, you know, I talked earlier in the episode about having Pete Dore on the on the podcast, and our hope is to have him on the next episode when Lauren and I return from vacation. Um, so kind of a 4th of July special, we'll have the man, the myth, the legend, the one and only Pete Dorr. And what we want to talk about is really the collecting hobby and kind of what it's become. Because, you know, in the early to mid 2000s, you could go on eBay and buy a copy of, you know, in, in Pete Dorr fashion, Klonoa on the PS1. It's one of his favorite games for, for relatively inexpensive price. But now you, I think the game's over $100. Um, you know, certain people on YouTube and the gaming community um, kind of artificially inflate prices based on videos that they post. And so we kind of want to talk about that. Pete is someone who basically speaks eBay. All right. Some people speak Japanese. Pete speaks eBay. He just like knows the ins and outs of that and kind of the collecting hobby. He's been doing it for. That's a dangerous language to speak. Exactly. And so I kind of want to kind of pick his brain about best practices. So for anyone out there that, you know, Sean, he picked up a copy of perfect dark my hope in doing this podcast is kind of sharing our love of particular games that other people might not have played and so in doing so they start searching for these games but i also want we artificially inflate yeah no but i also want to be mindful of of people's wallets and i think pete door can kind of speak to that and kind of best practices for going on ebay making sure you're you're buying from the right people at the right times and stuff like that and lauren can speak to your binge yeah she can she can certainly attest to my crazy buying habits in the past few months yeah um but another another show topic that we want to um bring pete on for since he's a, a little bit older than us and so he probably was He's like 63. 64, actually. Yeah, he just turned 64. Oh, happy birthday. Yeah, happy birthday, Pete. Uh, kidding, kidding. Um, yeah, Pete's, 50s. Pete's just a, a little older than us. But anyways, he was you know at a great age when the PS2 GameCube launch, Xbox launch was kind of going on. But you know, Ryan and I, we talked about in a previous episode kind of our love for the GameCube, its uniqueness, and, and we kind of want to talk about the launch of the GameCube, its history leading up to launch, some of our favorite games for the console and stuff like that. So we want to bring Pete on to kind of talk through all that and just pick his brain about his, you know, experience in, for Twitch and YouTube and all that fun stuff. So definitely stay tuned for that. I think it's going to be a super rad episode, and uh, we definitely want to have more guests on in the future too. But what better way to kick it off than with the, the mighty Pete Door? So with all that being said, Ryan, anything else you want to add to the episode? Yeah, we still have one more topic. Notable game binges over the summer, right? For me, it was just rock band. I didn't really have anything else. Okay, so mine is Resistance 1. Okay. So 
my best friend through elementary school and middle school um, moved away after eighth grade, after our D.C. field trip. Um, so I know it's nine and a half hours past your bedtime, but try and sit up. You know, oh, speaking. I'm pretty close. You're, you're close. I'm just saying, yeah. you know, don't, don't, so, no, don't get that close, please. <laughs> um, but, you know, just make sure you're yeah, no. not falling asleep. Um, so Max ended up coming back to visit uh, maybe a summer or two after he left. And originally he had like a week left or like a week to spend with me, mm-hmm. his best friend. Yes. Um, but his parents required him to spend time with his grandma up here. So we only had four days. Can't to be ditching Grammy. Grammy needs yeah, love. Well, we had a friendship and an unbreakable bond as bros. <laughs> We're nerd casting <laughs> here. <laughs> so, yeah, we um, we had to utilize those a lot that allotment of four days. Um, so what we did unhealthily was went to Kroger and we bought like two of en- every energy drink and we had this giant pot in our basement that was used for like boiling lasagna noodles. And I mean, it looked like a witch's cauldron. <laughs> um, so we emptied all of like two of every energy drink and I think we did like three five-hour energies and like three five-hour energy, three-hour Three five-hour energy ultras. So this thing was like pumped full of hours of energy. Yikes! That's and like and just heart attacks. Thirty-five hour, thirty hours of energy, man. Yeah, it's way too long. So what we did, we ended up pouring both of those into lemonade pitchers, and as anytime, crazy as crazy people do. Yeah, we put them in our basement fridge, and anytime we would get tired, we'd be like, "All right, get a cup of our energy drinks." Yikes! And um. So I slept an hour in four days, and I the only time I slept an hour is because he had to go visit his grandma for, like, lunch or something. Um, so in this time, we beat all of Resistance 1, and when Rusty and I were going through it, we were beating it on medium, and we were having a really tough yeah. time. Like, it's freaking difficult. Stupidly challenging. I was very surprised, yeah. Yeah, and then looking back at the levels to, like, start it up, we beat it on hard difficulty. No, it was like, because there's like medium hard and like whatever ultra superhuman. hard is, superhuman. Yeah. And you guys beat some of the levels on superhuman. Yeah. It's like, what I'm the like, heck? Yeah, so we beat the entire game on hard and then some on superhuman, which I have no idea. I just feel like you were drinking like Michael's super or secret. Like Michael's, I feel like it buffed up our characters through our hands on the controller. Michael's secret stuff. It's, uh, remember Space Jam? Yeah. When he like drinks it and they all think they're like, it's really just water, but they think they're like drinking Michael's secret like potion to make them Gosh, go to basketball. It's been so long since I've seen that movie. So good. Space Jam's fantastic. Yeah. That was a, yeah. All right. So no, crazy no, cauldrons. No, I'm, I'm just picturing like him doing his opening scene where he's like practicing outside. And oh, he's yeah. Like, Fly like an eagle. Yeah. He, Cause he's yeah. like talking to his dad and he's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to school and play basketball. I'm going to go to North Carolina. You know, <laughs> he's like talking like, he's basically like projecting, or like, I guess. Um, projecting what he actually does. What he actually does. And then, yeah. and then he like, he does the slow-mo. It's like, yeah. and then he like dunks the basketball. It's like, slam. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the jam. And then it like goes but to like. doesn't he get sucked into like a golf hole with Larry Bird? Yeah. Cause, yeah. Well, because Bill Murray is sitting there and he's like talking about how clear uh, Larry Bird, because yeah, he's, like, he's like he's clear. Yeah, because he's like he's so pale or whatever. Yeah, uh, man, that movie, movie is he's so good. Yeah, so good. 
So good. Um, Weren't they remaking that with LeBron? There was rumors about that. I don't know if that was ever confirmed. I they can't no beat the original. Just I, stop. Yeah. I mean, it's like recreating Jumanji. Like that's just a movie you don't touch. I thought it, apparently it was good. It was, and I I, I, well, I have not seen it, but I have heard good things. Yeah. But still, I just feel like that's especially with Robin Williams having passed. I just feel like it's something that they'll they'll touch. That's like a sacred relic. Yeah. Okay? Um, that's true. Um, so I guess back to the story. Um, so we, we beat it in four days, and it was the final day. My dad came down. He was getting ready for work, and he came down at like 4.30, and we were just on the last boss, and the last boss is are these, like, they're called angels, but these just giant monsters, and there's like three of them. <laughs> and I, I have no idea how he did it, but he came down. He's like, you guys are still awake? And we hadn't gone to bed, and besides that hour of sleep in four days, um, and I'm like, yeah, no, we're good. We, we got this. Our hearts are palpitating. Like I felt like my heart was going to explode. Well, especially being so sleep deprived too. I mean, you almost set yourself up for like cardiac arrest. <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, like we went to a water park during that time. I mean, we were like baked in the sun from all the just sunburnt, more or less hallucinating at this point. In my the gosh. Um, so not ill-advised. Don't do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we beat the level. That was kind of my most intense binging of games. But yeah, that's besides a, that, it's like getting 99 capes, which yeah, that's just an excessive amount of time, not in a specific yeah, no, for time sure. Frame. No, it's it's interesting topic, and you know, if, I guess if the listeners have any specific experiences like that, whether you were were grinding in an MMO or you know playing Smash Brothers with your friends for like. 10 hours straight or something like that, write in and be, you know, shoot a message on Twitter. It'd be fun to, to just hear your guys' experiences with that. But I think that's, that's a great show. We're going to wrap it up here. Anything, unless yeah. you have anything else. No. Good deal. So definitely, uh, hope you guys have a great 4th of July. If, um, I guess if you live in the States, otherwise 4th of July, crack open a cold one and enjoy the day anyways. Um, we will hopefully, hope, yeah. Hopefully you don't have to hear about our country on the Fourth of July. Yeah, uh, we're not. <laughs> Sorry, guys. We're not going to get into politics on this <laughs> this podcast. But um, yeah, so yeah. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Definitely stay tuned for the next one. I'm I'm very excited to bring Pete on the show and and kind of pick his brain and just his perspective on everything. So um, thank you guys again for listening. Right into the show, Otaku Brothers Podcast at gmail.com If you have questions or feedback, again, my name is Rusty, and you can find me on Twitter at relewis2011. Um, and you can find me supporting Rusty on, on the Twitters. Twitter. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Through that same one, he reads he reads the tweets with me. We like we know yeah. we, we get around the, the the bonfire. We roast some marshmallows. <laughs> telepathically read, and we read all the uh, the tweets that come my way. So good stuff, good stuff. Yeah. All right, guys, we rambled on long enough as we usually do at the end of these episodes. Let's close it out. Thanks for listening, guys, and we'll see you next time. Bye. See ya.